Well, hey there, it's Tardy to the party. Keep building on that, we're gonna fill our pop culture holes with various pieces of media we have seen the first time around. Oh, hey! This time, uh, it's this big episode 150, and I'm stepping on Bill's amazing improv he's about to do. No, I was gonna do a little birthday celebration. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Daniel, I'm late because I had to shake the weasels. Mm, They're no. on my trail. Yeah, mm. we're sitting down. Oh, okay. There's lovely. Kind of, I thought you were talking about a different kind of shaking a weasel. That's I. I. I'm assuming. I don't know if that's supposed to be part of. That's that's kind of Roger Rabbit all over. I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, but that's kind of whole movie we're over where it's kind of like I guess that's kind of a joke. <laughs> I guess that's kind of a double entendre. Well, I guess uh, is there a rabbit in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? That's not even. That's not even a double entendre anymore. That's like old grandpa humor. That's like the comedian in uh, the shitty uh, stand-up comedy club in, in Dirty Dancing would tell that joke. Um, but yeah, this is our 150th episode. This is, I guess, this is kind of also half-facetedly half doubling as our three-year anniversary special, too. Close <laughs> enough. Kinda. I mean... Since we won't bother being like, hey, it's been three years. Yeah, because our actual third anniversary would be like, yeah, what, for first or second week of August. August something, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, this is our time to, like, pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, we have made it three years longer than 99% of all podcasts have ever made. Mm -hmm. 150 episodes, that's fucking ridiculous. And we've kept to the weekly schedule. We've never really fucked that up, too. That's even more remarkable. Amazing, really. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so we are talking about... The 1988 uh, smash hit, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? This week is my choice. I decided to, uh, inspired by our, what was it, May, that we did all the good stuff? Uh, inspired by yeah. how we decided to do, kind of breaks uh, formula a little bit, and we decided to talk about a bunch of stuff that we had already seen but loved. Uh, I figured it was, there, was, there was a couple uh, projects I had in mind. That we hadn't seen before, but those uh, uh, projects fell through for various technical reasons. And so I said, oh, fuck it. It's 30th anniversary of Roger Rabbit this week. And it just happens to be our 150th episode. We both really <sighs> dig this movie. So I thought, what the fuck? We'll, we'll talk about Roger Rabbit. We don't have any, we'll never have an excuse to talk about it like this way again. Um, yeah. Which is funny because I actually... <laughs> I appreciate this movie more than I love it. I think, uh, from a technical perspective, it's a marvel, but I think from an emotional perspective, it's it's kind of hollow and cold. And I think history mm -hmm. has kind of borne me out in that people like this movie, but no one's really affectionate for any of the characters from this movie too much. Um, there's a couple good ones. Well, yeah, what's... Benny's a good character who doesn't really get enough screen Benny? time. Yeah. yeah. And even then, he's from... just like, hey, I'm from New York, I'm the cake boss, but I'm a car. <laughs> That's like that's the extent not. of his character. Uh, that was the well, casting call. Yeah. The best character in this movie is the drunk at the bar who gives uh, Eddie Valiant shit. They're like, you, you looking for Chili Willy? Dinky Doodle? Mm. That's the best character in the whole movie. That's just because he's like every person you knew back in Pittsburgh. I know, but he's such he's such a fat finger greaseball. It's great. I love him. He's so like, meh. He, he does such a perfect blue collar working class schmuck it's fantastic it's even funnier too because mm -hmm. uh i was listening to the commentary this afternoon and it turns out that guy's english which that guy for an englishman does an exceptionally fantastic uh blue collar uh american working class dude but yeah that's you so you, uh, you so you you generally like this whole movie you like all the characters and everything like that 
I saw Roger Rabbit, who framed Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. in 1988 when it came out to theaters. I was super, super psyched for this movie. So I was... When did it? When exactly did it come out? What year? Or it would 1988. Yeah, it would have been June. What what month? Uh, June, June 22nd, so was, 1988. We're a couple was, days late with the anniversary on this one. I was seven. Oh, it came out, baby. <laughs> I was a tiny wee baby. <laughs> this is your first boner when you were seven. No, uh, and I was super. I had a stuffed Roger Rabbit toy that uh -huh. we got. Uh, I I. I was obsessed with this movie for a long time, and then okay. it did, and I watched it less and less as I got older, and I haven't watched it for quite a few years okay. after this watching, and it is, um, boy, Roger Rabbit skirts that line of being horribly annoying. That's, I <laughs> think that's one himself. of the things, is... He, he is a, a witch's tit hair away from just driving you up the wall. It's great, because even listen to the commentary, because the commentary's got all the head creators. It's pretty much got everyone but Spielberg. It's got the screenwriters, it's got the director, Bob Zemeckis, it's got the, like, other producers, it's got Ken Ralston, the, the special effects lead, it's got some of the animators, and everyone's just like, like, there's a certain point, about 20 minutes in the movie, they're like, okay, we need a break from Roger right here, so we were glad to have this little bit where Roger kind of disappears after he first freaks out, and he kind of disappears from the movie for like 15 minutes. Because you can tell, even the creators of this movie are kind of exhausted by Roger, and yeah, that's, I don't think Charles, I don't think Charles Fleischer necessarily did a bad job, but I don't think there's much there no. for Roger as a character. No, I mean, he's not in the movie a ton. <sighs> yeah, he, All yeah. All things considered. And even then, he's just so kind of sad sack. And if you're a kid, he's fine. He's inoffensive. He can be amusing. But as an adult, there's mm -hmm. not a lot of meat on his bones. Uh, no. he could tell, he's kind of a sad sack character uh, a little bit. Kind of like uh, Sylvester or Daffy Duck in that he's just the he seems to exist just to get kicked in the balls by life. It seems, mm -hmm. uh, both in his cartoon job and in quote-unquote real life within the world of Roger Rabbit. But yeah, aside from just being like, bruh, 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 there's... That's it's, him. It's not... I could see why Roger Rabbit kind of died off as a character. After this yeah. movie came out, uh, Disney put they out... a couple more shorts. Yeah, they, put out, they put out like three shorts and that was kind of it. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, it's not Roger's fault as a character or anything like that. Uh, this no. just happened to be Disney's last big thing that they did before, uh, The Little Mermaid broke big. And that, you know, of course, totally changed the company. And yeah. I've always assumed that part of the reason why Disney's never really celebrated Roger Rabbit since it first came out, what, part, part of it's fa the fact that I don't think they own all of Roger Rabbit because, you know, it's, it's partially a Steven Spielberg thing, too, so uh, Disney's mm -hmm. never been one to really go nuts long-term with anything they don't wholly own, but I think the other thing, too, I think Disney's, like, on a long-term basis kind of embarrassed about this movie a little bit because mm. it's so much unlike anything else they've ever done uh, tonally and... Yeah, and, and this being the last big, their big last, last, big last weird uh, grasp at weird shit before The Little Mermaid kind of brought Disney back into the limelight in terms of like, oh, we've, you know, the second golden age of Disney animation and stuff like that. I think they wanted to kind of pretend this never happened a little bit. And it, again, especially because they were kind of forced to like work with outside uh, help with like Spielberg and stuff like that, so. Um, and he, again, it's too, and I think part of it is also, I don't think there's a s scorching demand for Roger Rabbit stuff out there these days, even with people no. who grew up with Roger Rabbit. 
I mean, people like this the movie, movie well But this enough. movie is, yeah, yeah this movie is very re- rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, and especially you go back and you're like, you know, the animation looks good. Roger's okay. I, this is a weird thing where I, I, I don't want to... It's, I, it's, I it's shit. very much... Yeah. When you first saw this, you wanted to be in that world. Yeah. That's that's a big part That's of Yeah, exactly, yeah. But not to say it's a bad movie. I still like the movie, but it's got some. It's, it's got some some schlag you gotta wade through. Especially coming back at it as an adult. I had I had not mm-hmm. seen this movie in a long time, and this is like the first time I've seen it in HD actually. And uh, somehow this movie is really kind of fundamentally less than the sum of its parts. Again, not to say it's there, there's nothing inherently bad or wrong about the movie it's just there's it's missing some kind of spark there where that really makes you want to go back and rewatch it over and over again uh if you're an animation history nerd or special effects nerd you might want to do that just to kind of like gawk at like oh look at all the crazy characters who they snuck into the background here or like oh look at like it's fucking who's the uh, dragon from the uh, disney animated shorts not even the short the reluctant we dragon. Yeah, like oh you, you like if you're a fan of that, you're like oh my god, I want to see what he's doing in the background. Yeah, except like the but... reluctant dragon's the wrong color. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they only Which, had what? like twelve animators, and they had to animate like a feature's <laughs> worth of animation. Things kind of anyway, fell we, apart there. We really should get into it because we're probably gonna have a. Lot I know, play. seriously, but yeah. So this is us. Yeah, apologies for people who may absolutely love this movie, but yeah, uh, the, we're we're, we're kind of coming to grasp with the fact that this movie is just pretty good but yeah not quite the ass blasting revelation it seemed to be when we were both kids but yeah uh, hey, so seven year old me still loves it i was man i was 13 when this movie first came out and yeah i remember seeing it you know uh, probably got my first boner while watching jessica rabbit and <laughs> that was probably my lasting impression on this movie but anyway mm-hmm. but yeah touchstone pictures even disney couldn't even release this as a disney picture they were so embarrassed by it back in the day i don't well i think it's more the dirty jokes and the swearing. yeah that's true no but the dirty jokes and stuff i mean i guess you do have the main character who's an alcoholic and stuff well yeah, anyway but touchstone pictures blah 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 well, no, it's a maroon cartoon. Yeah, eventually, It's yeah. Baby Herman and Roger Rabbit, and something's cooking. Yeah. This is... Uh, thick Mom is leaving <laughs> the house. There's, you know what... That's T-H-I-C-C. I know, you know, of course, there's a whole cult around Roger Ra- or Jessica Rabbit, but I'm sure there's probably been 4chan threads about people very specifically jerking off just those fat calves on that fat mom. Um, Except you find out it's just a real dude on stilts. Did they make that joke? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Well, yeah, if they when pu- they when they when they pull back, you see it's the, some guy walking around I've never on the mom legs. That. Um, but this whole movie's worth it just for the opening. It's the most gorgeous forty style Looney Tunes cartoon ever made. With the animation in this fucking scene is out of control. I almost feel like they kind of blew their wad on this because nothing else yeah. in the movie is nearly as well animated as this is and just not even the character animation I, I, but just like i don't the... necessarily agree with that but the background oh, animation but just the attention to detail is... like i said like there's the parallax scrolling on the on the floor the the hard like the reflections on the floor all the shading of the there's god rays in the kitchen and the moving perspective all over the place like yeah. oh fuck. i agree it looks it looks ridiculous but i i think there are some segments of the rest of the okay movie well i'm sure we'll get to or that, look but... as good but yeah, no, this is, yeah, there's a whole thing with uh, Roger Rabbit just trying to keep uh, Baby Herman from killing himself while Baby Herman's trying yeah. to just, uh, crawl up to a jar full of cookies on top of the fridge. Yeah, because the mom leaves the, the rabbit in charge because she's a very the, good mother. The pet rabbit, which all people have in their homes, I guess, in, the, in this alternate <laughs> universe, 1940s. Yeah. Oh my god. And 
Hotter so, yeah, in Hell. I, I, I forgot that that's the name of the oven, too, which, yeah, just... Mm, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, as you said, Baby Hermit's trying to get Cookie. Roger gets into various scrapes and hurting himself, and it's very itchy and scratchy-type violence. Yeah, <laughs> Rather it, it's, than your it's, typical yeah, 19, Warner Brothers Looney Tunes shit. Yeah, 1940s with a little bit of a harder edge. Where it like mm -hmm. yeah like uh, Roger's nuts almost get chopped off by a goddamn fucking butcher knife, which I don't know if that yeah. ever quite happened to uh, uh, Daffy Duck or Sylvester, but yeah, and that's the kind yeah, of character I... Roger is in this in the short. He's let's put the put upon uh, uh, victim of uh, circumstance. Yeah, eventually the short goes on and on. He gets hurt. <laughs> he goes on for like ten. Baby minutes, Herman yeah. doesn't. Uh, Roger ends up underneath a fridge, and it, the door opens to reveal Roger inside with tweeting birds circling around his head. With a, and the director yells, cut, 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 because he was supposed to have stars, and it transitions into the real world. Oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't realize it gets paid off towards the end of the movie, too. I was like, oh, well, I mean, just reshoot that particular shot. You don't need to reshoot the whole cartoon, which seems like what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I love that I guess playing Working with cartoons and, is different. Yeah. I, I guess they're synchronizing all the movement to, like, an actual live score that's going on in the background. Not live score, but, like, a pre-recorded score that's being played on set. Um, yeah. And do you do you remember if you were tricked by the transition in this scene when you were a kid, when the first time you saw this? I doubt I would have noticed it. I was. I, I, I had spent years anticipating this movie because, again... I was a special effects nerdy kid in the 80s, and this movie came out when I was like 12 or 13. And I'd spent years reading about how this movie was coming along in the pages of uh, Starlog magazine. And I didn't, I knew there was, like, it was going to open with a big cartoon short and transition into the real life and stuff, but I didn't expect it to happen, like, where you see the shot of Roger Rabbit inside the refrigerator and all the props are done up to kind of look like they're cell shaded. But so when the camera mm -hmm. pulls out, you see, realize you're on a real set. That fucking blew my mind on because I saw this movie fucking opening weekend and I was like, holy shit, that was that 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 blew my mind as much as anything else in this movie. But uh, but yeah, it's a great it's actually I didn't realize until watching it this time, too. It's all one shot as the camera pulls out to reveal Roger inside their fridge. The director who is being played by infamous Hollywood producer um, Joel Silver is freaking out and the camera kind of pans his. Uh, it was a baby Herman's throwing a fit and walking across the sound stage, and uh, you see Eddie Valley tossing up a lady's skirt. Oh yeah, that's a famous thing too. Okay, because I guess in the Excuse theatrical, me, yeah, I guess in the theatrical version, he was giving, he was either giving the finger or trying to stick his finger up the lady's skirt. Mm. And I guess enough people complain about that that they chopped that out. <laughs> they fixed that on like the mm. v uh, VHS release and stuff. But is it like that on the laser disc? Uh, you know what the funny thing is, looking up uh, trivia online, it seems like different cuts of this movie exist on different media's and different di in di yeah. different formats in different countries. So if you have like That's the Japanese why I asked laser, about disc, the laser disc, it might be the uncut of the original theatrical thing where you see like Jessica Rabbit's vagina later on in the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, I see the guy in the stilts with the... Yeah, I've never noticed that before. I'm watching the movie again as we're recording, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's hilarious. There, the director's angry. He yells for lunch to be called, so it's called. Roger climbs out of the fridge, and he... As he climbs out, he knocks one of the, like, prop turkey legs over in the ground, and it rolls, and... It's just, it, it's just the little th little things like that in this movie that make it feel... They didn't have to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But they, they did, and that's what makes this all feel so lived in and real. Well, there's a little thing, too, because Roger's uh, begging and pleading with the director who puts on his... Who goes to put on his coat as he goes back to his uh, trailer or editing suite or whatever. 
And uh, this is the first example where, I guess, aside from the turkey leg, you see that uh, Roger is actually interacting with real-life objects, which is something that you saw a little bit like in Pete's Dragon and other uh, previous attempts to mix live-action and animation in the past. But yeah, this movie goes mm -hmm. whole hog with this. And yeah, just even this first opening shot. Uh, the, yeah, this is the first example of that. It, even though <laughs> in the commentary, the creators are laughing at how... Um, the director's coat lifts up to meet Roger's hand. Yeah. <laughs> because, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, he can give him stars. Just one more take. Look! 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 But he's not getting stars. He's getting everything with stars. Yeah. Like, and yeah, Eddie Valiant's and shit, there. Yeah. And uh, gives a dim dismissive tunes before he takes a swig of his bottle of booze and he keeps in his gun holster. Oh, is that? And, uh, I, I knew he kept it on his side. I didn't realize it was a gun holster. Um, pretty sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, Super Mario as Eddie Valiant? Uh, he's great. I mean, this he's, is I his mean, defining role. When he died a couple years ago, yeah. everyone was like, a couple of people were like, oh, 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 Super Mario, but everyone else was like, oh my god, Eddie, Eddie Valiant. So sad. He's, he's, he's a great character actor i, I mean he's considering he this he, this is the same actor that did smee and hook oh that's quite the range man he had five years of hell there between this hook i forgot he was in hook i thought he was a great smee and hook i think he's a better yeah. smee and hook than he is an eddie valiant not that there's anything wrong that he is eddie valiant mm. but yeah that and super mario brothers i can kind of see after that like those three movies in a row he decided to just star in like little indie comedies for, for the rest of his life I don't think I think he's fantastic. Roger Rabbit is kind of three movies at once. It's 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 a hard-boiled detective fiction movie. It's a cartoon movie, and it's kind of a special effects spectacle at all at the same time. I think mm -hmm. he's perfect for the hard-boiled. If this movie were just like you know remake of the Maltese Falcon or something like that, I think he'd be, he's he's fantastic in that scenario. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily so great at keeping up with Roger with all the animation stuff. And I physically, there's one little bit at, at the very end. I think he's great inside the warehouse when he does his whole little routine to, to, to kill the weasel. Spoilers, but like when he's in Toontown, I don't think he's agile or physical enough to really sell what he's supposed to be doing. Um, he's a little stiff and kind of short and stock. It's kind of like Danny DeVito a little bit. It's not really his fault, but he's a st mm. stocky little dude. Um, yeah. But he is great as hell. I, I, yeah. Anyway, this is just me randomly bitching for no reason. But I was. Yeah. <laughs> you never do that. But the thing is, I can't think of anyone who necessarily, like, who would be better at the physicality, who would have also been so good as the Eddie, just Eddie Valiant part that would have been a worth Dick a Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> would he just no. been affecting a very bad, hard-boiled accent? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, but that's neither here or there. Eddie Valiant, yeah. uh, he suddenly gets cut. Oh, he's only on the studio because he needs to go talk to the studio owner, founder yeah. of the company. Ar yeah. uh, RK Maroon. Maroon. RK Maroon. Something Maroon. Yeah. He's got. He's he's a man with enough loose skin under his eyes to make a whole nother man. God, yeah, this guy. <laughs> he's old. I guess things happen. Yeah. And Ar Maroon is grumpy. The rabbit is blowing his line because his heart is broken. Or something. Something's so Maroon is hiring on, yeah. Eddie Valiant. Uh, he doesn't think his his wife is cheating on him, but he we won't admit it. So he's hiring Eddie to take some photos of the rabbit's wife that he can use as leverage. Because Rod Roger thinks he, she's a saint, but she ain't. 
And uh, in his office, Maroon's office, are posters of the various shorts they've done, like Herman Sherman's with Roger Fleen, a tank with baby Herman in it, looking like Hitler. Yeah. Roger that, that's, is yeah. Uh, Pistol Packin' Possum and the little engine that could yeah. with the, an engine is I-N-G-A-U-N. Yeah, even the Indian, quote-unquote Indian bullet that, uh, that, uh, Valiant fires out of his gun later on and gets a little like, yeah, that's something that probably wouldn't make the cut these days. Um, did yeah. you ever know, I didn't realize this was a whole internet theory about what, uh, the, the, the eventual fate of Pistol Pack and Possum is in this universe. I didn't know that there was a theory or a character beyond this poster. We'll talk about that. Who could have oh, Pistol okay. pa Pack and Possum could have eventually turned out to be in this world that we would care oh, about? Oh, heavens no. That's, if you go back and look at that poster, that motherfucker's got red eyes and he's using the same gun that Judge Doom tries to, actually does kill, uh, kill uh, Maroon with later at the end of the film. In hmm. fact, actually the film itself mirrors, there's a reflection of that gun in the poster when he does it. This I think is... it's people wanting to have... Yeah, but Doom is no, yellow. Your, I, you know what? At least I was in your court until watching the film. And when they actually do the reflection of the poster, of, of, of Doom's gun in the poster, like, I'm kind of wondering, like, if that's actually, like... No, but Doom melts and he's yellow. They, well... That's a good shot. It, all the paint is that oozes out of yellow. Is it a yellow possum? I, I'm looking at the poster. No, no, it's not. It's a possum color. It's brown. Shut up. He got yellow blood. Eddie says he doesn't want to <laughs> shut up. Okay, Forget yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, he, Sudden, but Eddie he wants have a drink. to go to Toontown. Yeah. He just goes. He, he'll just have to go to the Ink and Paint Club. It's humans only. Eddie sees some booze behind uh, Maroon and gets super thirsty. Yeah. So he goes to it and. It tells Maroon that it's going to cost him a hundred bucks, which outrages Maroon, but he'll pay anyway. Eddie looks out the window at the crazy tomb shenanigans happen outside when Dumbo scares him, just showing up out of nowhere. This? Maroon, say, Maroon says that he has him and half the cast of Fantasia on low from Disney. <laughs> and the best part is, they work for peanuts! Blah, 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 blah. That shot alone of Dumbo outside the... Uh... Uh, the blinders, the Venetian blinds uh, in Maroon's office must have killed, like, three people on the Industrial Light Magic staff because someone had to sit down and essentially rotoscope, like, try to f slot in, you know, because the, the animation's just an overlay over the original shot, but had to, yeah. like, slot it in to make it look like it's sitting behind the Venetian blinds, so that really required someone to sit down and, like, trace out the Venetian blinds and 24 yeah. frames of animation for this, like, minute-long shot, and I'm just like... And it does turn into more of a a quote-unquote normal Roger Rabbit shot where the camera kind of flies out the window and you see, like, you know, the whole back lot is just filled with cartoon characters <laughs> and stuff. But watching that, watching that scene now, I'm like, this feels incredibly forced. Yeah. It's, well, that's the, that's the, that's what you get with a movie that's just kind of built on a gimmick more than a storytelling yeah. device. I think that's one of the empty things about this movie. I hate to say empty because, you know, it's still entertaining, but, like, the gimmick of, oh, what if cartoons lived with people is the thing that came first rather than someone coming up with an interesting story, even though it's funny because the whole genesis of this movie was that it's based off of a book. Uh, yeah. But even in the book, the, the, the real idea was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you just mix cartoons with hard-boiled uh, crime fiction? But anyway, but yeah, it's a little... And it goes on for a little while. You get to see all these little mini skits of... Uh, you see the the brooms from Fantasia are on the like running around and doing well, stuff. And Eddie 
Eddie gets a check, but it's only 50. He'll get the rest when the job yeah. is done. And there's a scene of Eddie leaving the studio, and it's a real, I know that guy yeah. scene. With... It totally. You get, like, it's mostly Disney characters, though. You get some other characters. You get, like, the one of the fat hippos from uh, Fantasia sitting down on a bench, and she yeah. sits down and, like, projects. The, the the guy gets shot off into this guy who's sharing the bench with her, and you can totally see yeah. the rope pulling up, <laughs> pulling him up into the air. Yeah. And, yeah. You see bugs for a half frame or so. Yeah. There's a guy playing yeah. saxophone. For some reason, in the soundtrack, they couldn't get a real saxophonist, so it's just like yeah, some synthesizer that. going do 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 do. It sounds yeah. terrible. It sounds like yeah. someone's cell phone going off. Yeah. Uh, all this money spent on this movie, and that's the one thing they got cheap on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So Eddie doesn't have cash for the trolley, so he just hops on the back with some kids. Yeah, which that's but actually they... one of my favorite character beats in the whole movie. They ask him if he owns a car, and he says he doesn't need a car because L.A. has the best transportation system in the world. Hmm. And the scene changes to Pacific Electric, the world's finest public transportation system sign, with a added sign being lifted up, now a cloverleaf industry. Yeah. Eddie hops off and is going to go into his office when he changes his mind, goes into the bar across the street. There's a drunk guy passed out on a table in there. He got laid off. Cloverleaf bought the red car and gave him his two-week notice. Uh, did you ever get the, uh, we, we've, you've never seen, oh, gosh, oh, Chinatown, right? No. It's one of the first movies I ever put on my list for Target the Party. I have to tackle it someday before this podcast is over. I guess the whole land deal scheme in this movie is based off of, I guess there's a very similar thing that happens in Chinatown, which is based off of something that happened in real life when all the... I guess all the car companies and the oil companies ganged up on the trolley line company in L.A. to squeeze them out of business so they could take over, mm. you know, build the freeways, and, you know, they wanted everyone to buy cars instead, so... Yeah, mm. this is... this is kind of something... If you're watching this movie, you kind of know already know how all this shit panned out in real life, but... Anyway, yeah. But yeah. Dolores is there, working, and she needs Oh, uh, Dolores! I heard... I thought you said the walrus! The walrus Which it's Roger there Rabbit, working. there could be a walrus barman, yeah. you never know. But yeah. She needs the money she gave Eddie from the till before Friday or else she'll lose her job because her boss comes to the till on Friday and Eddie shows her a check and she wants to know where the rest is. He says just a snoop job away and asks if he can borrow her camera. Uh, he yeah. even has film in it, she hasn't had it developed since their trip to Catalina. Uh, do you recognize Dolores? Yes, I know her from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> she's been in another movie that... Well, I'm going to pull a, a Daniel on you right now. She's been in another mm. movie that we've seen before that was also a detective crime crime noir uh, film. Uh, she got shot in the back while wearing a, a vis transparent raincoat. <laughs> well, that certainly doesn't narrow it down, does it? No! Yeah, she played Zora, the belly dancer replicant from, in Blade Runner. So, yeah. Mm. Then this and Roger Rabbit are kind of the two big things that she's known for. Yeah. So, uh, she asked him if the check is good, and he says to check the name, and it's got Maroon from Maroon Cartoons, and then some asshole comes in. The best character starts, in the movie. Start, you just love assholes. I don't understand I you. just think of this it's, guy's, this guy's especially great, because he's so sweaty and dingy, and I think he's, like, already drooling down his chin when he walks. <laughs> he's, he's that kind of... He starts picking on Eddie, asking him, who hired him? Chilly Willy, little Bo Peep. <laughs> That's, I think I kind of like She lost the sheep, and you're gonna help her find him. All the while, picking at an egg. It's Tom Waits' Eddie. little brother shows up, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Eddie loses his temperature, kicks the guy's stool out from under him, 
and says he doesn't work for tunes oh, and shoves yeah. that hard-boiled egg the guy had been peeling in his mouth and storms off. Really slaps into his mouth hardcore. Like, you yeah. kind of surprised you to bust his teeth. That guy stands up and says, What is the problem? And that's his only response. Well, yeah. And Dolores is like, well, he doesn't like assholes for one thing. Yeah. Was this the scene? But Dolores where... says, yeah, she says, this is, yeah. A toon killed his brother. And everybody turns like, huh? And she says, drop the piano on his head. And they all turn back around like, oh, that's less interesting than we thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the joke is that, like, that's being being killed by a toon is, is, is just a common occurrence in this world. But I really do appreciate just how fucking straight she plays that line. She she is not winking at the camera one iota, but she's doing it so straight in a way that it's kind of com- almost comedic in of itself. I think I heard she her what was it? Uh. Susanna Cassidy? I forget her, what her real name is, but that actress, I think she's, in terms of what she's doing for her role, is just as good as, uh, uh, what's-his-face Mario as, uh, Eddie Valiant, but just, and it, she doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, that's kind of like the highlight of her whole, whole role, her role, her whole role, her role, her whole role, is kind of that shot, where she's like, uh, yeah, to Toon killed his brother, uh, but, yeah, but that's, yeah, I fucking love this movie. Um... Mm. Uh, I mean, I love I, this movie, but I can't be caught because I said I was t- complaining about this movie, but I love its constituent parts, like her. Mm. But yeah. That night, Eddie goes to the Ink and Paint Club. The password to get in is Walt sent me. Yeah. Which I remember, so, I think that's you have to use that password in the NES game. Probably. Yeah. That's a terrible, 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 terrible game. It is one of the first major NES games that really taught you that licensed games are fucking bullshit. And of course, it's, LA- it's LJN, terrible. but like, it's just fucking. Like, Oh, we missed out on so many good games if LJN just hadn't existed. Seriously, you spend the whole time, like, racing around on fucking Benny the Cab for no reason. It's it's just like the Ghostbusters 2 game. It's, ugh, anyway, but, yeah. Yeah. The gorilla guarding the door calls him a wise-ass when he tells him nice monkey suit. <laughs> I don't remember being shocked that a cartoon said ass, but I'm sure that was surprising. I, that was kind of a thing of back in the day, yeah. I mean, you gotta remember, this is like a year before you had Bart Simpson debuting on TV being like, eat my shorts, and everyone even back then was like, oh my god, they were like fanning themselves and clutching their pearls, you know. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember a lot of outrage with this movie, but you would think there would have been. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was because it was Disney and it was Spielberg that kind of like smoothed things. If this had been someone else... Yeah, because you think of anything, it would be the opposite, because Disney did put out a movie. But I think that's part of the reason why they went with the Touchstone Pictures uh, logo. So at least the stupidest people weren't tricked into thinking this was, like, just a Disney release, but... Yeah. Yeah, um... So... You know what? This is something, too, that I... It never occurred to me... Uh, I had to go back and rewind the movie, because I didn't realize at the beginning R.J. Maroon specifically refers to this as an underground club, because I always thought this was, like, a normal club, that Valiant was just, uh using the, like, the VIP. I guess this is not really a VIP entrance, but I thought it was some kind of, like, special backstage entrance that you could use if you're really, like, you know, you know, like, like w- essentially weigh in if you didn't want to, uh, fuck with the lines, but I didn't realize, yeah, his way of sneaking into this bar is the main entrance. Like, the doors, mm-hmm. like, the, 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 the back alley that he enters into just empties into the main door, like, facing the, the, the front stage, so this is, this is the only way in and out of this club. So I guess this yeah. whole thing really is just, like, a and speakeasy yeah and um he goes in the joint is jumping with penguin waiters yeah no that's told Donald Mary Poppins and Daffy riff. are playing dueling pianos on the stage yeah. this is the and... scene that supposedly showed uh, Chuck Jones really talk shit about this movie I guess he was 
originally hired to help co-direct uh, the whole piano scene, and I guess he threw fit at Robert Zemeckis, claiming that uh, Robert Zemeckis was not giving them the creative freedom to execute the piano scene the way he wanted, so he quit. But didn't he want something terrible for the something, scene? Something, yeah. Chuck Jones. I love Chuck Jones, but he's also just a cranky old man, so it's hard to tell who's right or who's wrong there. And the ch- yeah. piano scene turned out fine in the end. So I don't know what the... F- yeah, who knows? But it's... Yeah. It is uh, great, though, because you got the reflections of Donald Duck in the black piano and stuff, and it's just... Yeah, it's fucking great. You got a octopus uh, tending bar. Mm-hmm. With like eighteen like actual like drink glasses and stuff floating in the air on wires and shit and yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Some old dude sprays ink on Eddie's shirt. Oh yeah, fuck this Eddie guy. Threatens <laughs> threatens to shove that pen up his nose. He tells him, "Calm down, friend. Take another look. It's disappearing. Ink. Got, oh, it's wacky. You wonder have how you these guys ever... have been murdered already." Bill, have you ever actually encountered disappearing ink in real life? I bought some at a... see it in, like, the back ads of, like, shitty magazines, but... No lie, I bought some from a magic shop when I was, at, like, in middle school, and all it did was it would kind of fade to, how, like, from a dark purple to a light purple, mm-hmm. and that was it. It never nice. disappeared, never fully disappeared, never fully reappeared or anything like that. But yeah, this is the ink that you're supposed to use when you want to write messages to people. And so, like, if a teacher finds your message, they won't be able to read it and stuff. But you'll get in trouble for the message. But then when they call your parents and you'll be like, one message. Take another look at the paper, parents. Oh, God. But this is. Yeah, I guess this is this is at uh, Marvin Acme, who I guess his whole shtick is just randomly testing out his project on uh, his pro- uh, products on unsuspecting people until he almost gets killed. Yeah. So again, how has he lived to be this old? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, he owns Toontown. Well, millions of dollars. Yeah. Because he owns Toontown and makes a lot of gag well, gifts is... and shit. If it's Acme, it's a gasser. This is this brings up more questions about like where did Toontown come from? Especially if Marvin Acme owns it. Um, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but did he use his fortune made from selling gag toys to build a town for the otherwise homeless Toons? Uh, did he do it just to impress Jessica Rabbits? Um, of course, this leads to even to bigger questions about, like, where the tunes all came from in the first place. Did they exist before the invention of movies and cartoons? Did they evolve from, like, it's newspaper strip characters? to think about it. Did they, did they, did they first come from hieroglyphics? Did the Egyptians in the Roger Rabbit timeline have to deal with, like, Oh, no! Cleopatra just jumped off the wall and is talking to me, but she's flat and can only speak mm-hmm. in, in Scarab, Scarab, Beetle, Scarab, but, yeah. Scarab, scarab, beetle, scarab. Oh, God, anyway. Mm-hmm. Eddie sits down at the table next over from Acme and orders a scotch on the rocks. I mean ice! Oh, yeah, and I won't go happen. On stage, shit is getting more and more chaotic no, no, till no, no, no. Yeah, Donald tries to murder Daffy with a cannon, and they both get pulled off stage with giant hooks. That cannon shot is great because that is a huge explosion; just blows a giant hole in the roof of uh, uh, it's 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 yeah, because it's Donald suddenly gets uh, devil uh, horns, and yeah, and really like almost legitimately da- almost murders Daffy. Daffy's hair and slash feathers is getting more and more messed as he's banging on the keyboard yeah, and i appreciate it. it's like 1930s daffy it's not like funny like 1940s kind of put upon daffy but it's actually really kind of the early daffy daffy duck where he's like almost he could he's almost like woohoo woohoo like that kind of daffy well he does that when he gets pulled oh is that what he does okay yeah yeah, yeah. he hoo, 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 hoo's it up <laughs> so 
Uh, Eddie gets his drink and it's full of rocks. Tunes. Oh, those bastards. Mm -hmm. I never got that joke as a kid. I didn't understand, like... What, I didn't either. Yeah, I was just like, why? Yeah. And then he notices Betty Boop selling cigars and cigarettes. Which I guess she's is... She's voiced by Mae Questel, the lady who voiced her back in the day, too, so... Damn. That's one of the things about this she... movie. Everything else aside, they're like, I'm glad to see, like, Mae Questel, June Foray, and Mel Blanc are all in this goddamn movie. And that, that by itself, even aside from all the characters, uh, from all these different franchises being together, just the fact that you've all these, all these voice actors. Uh, they brought it... Walt Disney back from the dead to voice Mickey. <laughs> I'm surprised they almost didn't do that. Like, Roy Disney held his corpse hand and and he drew one one panel of Mickey Mouse one last time. <laughs> well, this is, you know, when Mel Blanc died, like, less than a year after this movie came out. So this is really his last time performing all these characters, too. So mm. even that's kind of like, you know, when Porky Pig says, that's all, folks, at the end, he's kind of saying that's all real. Because then he shot himself with a gun five five hours later after recording that line. Mel Blake did not kill himself. So she's, she's, she, <laughs> he's she so tells depressed. Eddie, no, he's like, see. this is my last movie ever. Anyway, shut, okay, shut up. Okay. Uh, okay. Work has been slow since cartoons went to color. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I never thought maybe he did kill himself and never just failed to cover it up. They just found him in the, in the garage with the... With the, 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 the lights dim and everyone goes nuts. <laughs> rushing the stage. Well, what's going to happen? Acme sprays himself with a metric fuck ton of cologne. Yeah. Today. And Eddie asks what's up with him, and Betty says she's he never misses a night when Jessica performs. Is this? And Eddie says has a thing for rabbits, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, I remember back when this first came out, it was a big revelation that it's yeah that that's it's Roger Rabbit is is not married to a rabbit. It's he's married to a fetal alcohol syndrome space alien lady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so uh, there's Ed. Before we get to Jessica, there's like a two second shot of Eddie looking to, at the stage uh, before Jessica comes out. Yeah. And I don't know why. I always liked it's another one of the little things in this movie mm -hmm. where Betty's standing next to him and she adjusts her garter. Oh, okay. I never it, noticed it's that. another one of the things that makes the world feel lived in. Like, <sighs> she didn't have to do that. They didn't have to. Yeah animate that but they did and it makes things feel like more realistic in the world especially because i know the animators were under the gun to get this movie done like they 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 one well one of the big things about this movie is that like you think disney made this movie and disney makes animated movies so you think they would have like the surplus of animators who could work on something like this but this is before the disney renaissance where they didn't really have that much in the way of the animators and so uh just essentially just for this picture alone um they had to uh, get in touch with uh, an animator in england i don't know if he's actually uh english himself or he's just an american move to england but an animator named richard williams who for like the last 40 years he's been working on something called the prince and the pauper which i still don't think is finished even though it's actually been put out in a, a couple different unfinished states i've seen bits and pieces of and it's boring as shit. Are you talking about the thief and the cobbler? Oh, the thief and the cobbler. Yeah, yeah. yeah I you love the thief and the cobbler. You love the it. Cobbled together cut is amazing. Yeah, oh. the animation's ridiculous. It's okay. It's pretty looking, but it's kind of, you, know, you we, have to watch the. We'll right have cut. to do. That'll have to be a project for us someday. There's certain ones that are garbage, yeah. absolute garbage. They, some people edited it to crap and back, but yeah, well, that's the funny thing because really like, good. yeah, he's put out like 14 different like half like versions of that movie in various states, and I guess uh, one of the deals was that he would bust his ass trying to get this movie done for Disney, 
and he would assemble a small crew of animators to try to like yeah and this is in england yeah this did i think disney had a small unit in la that was helping out with the animation towards the end when they realized that the richard williams's unit wasn't gonna get it done by itself but, and mm-hmm. there were some animators who, who were big uh, parts of uh, the Disney Renaissance a couple of years from now, like uh, Andreas Deha and stuff like that, who, you know, helped out with this. But this is really mostly off-campus, just like this one animation unit, just, just uh, yeah, led by uh, Richard Williams. And I guess, yeah, part of the deal was Disney would help uh, uh, release uh, The Thief and the Cobbler and help get it done in exchange for uh, the animation in Roger Rabbit. And mm. so, yeah, um... I guess all the characters in the movie were designed by him, and yeah, he has a really weird... Jessica Rabbit, she's... I guess she's boner-inducing with those big tits, but man, the fact that... She, I mean, she takes the, it takes the whole, like, sexy lady with no nose thing to a ridiculous limit, and I just hate her, like, round face with her sleepy hard <laughs> eyes. It's just so, like... Oh, and she's... It's... So Jessica, her leg comes out of the curtain. Yeah. And her huge-ass titties. She starts singing and being all sultry, and Eddie's like, she's married to Roger Rabbit, and Betty Boo says, yeah, what a lucky gal. And I, I'm pretty thankful that uh, all these years later, I don't find this cartoon attractive. Ah, uh, yeah. She's kind of she's strange looking, though, to be fair, I always thought her face was ugly. I think that's everything else. Is, I mean, I, I mean, the proportions are intentionally, like, comically grotesque. I feel but... like if, if they had given her a different nose instead of just one nostril, she might have been more attractive. But It feels like I something don't... that, like, you would... And her mouth is too small? Yeah. Um, if it, it feels like a character that you whip up in five minutes when you don't have time to sit down and actually like design a character through a process, and you just kind of like, oh, sex, sexy lady who's who's cartoonishly feminine, uh, breeding attributes, and just like, yeah, we'll just like, yeah, what's the most grotesque like mud flap <laughs> silhouette we could bring to life as a character, and uh, which is yeah. funny because in the in the test footage, uh, which I don't know was actually done by Roger Rabbit, but if you if you go uh, run. By Roger Rabbit. Done by Richard <laughs> he drew Williams. Him, he drew the wife himself. <laughs> well, the test footage for this movie, you see, it's Paul Rubens was who they were originally thinking about for Roger Rabbit, and mm-hmm. uh, the Jessica uh, Jessica Rabbit was going to be like a Catherine Hepburn lady. She instead of like being a giant big titted uh, stage actress, she was going to be more like you know she dressed like a normal lady, and she just actually, if anything, she had kind of like severe like. Because it was kind of a caricature of Catherine Hepburn, so she's got, like, that severe mm. boxy face with the high cheekbones. And if anything, it's a little bit, like, the other way, where it's a little bit too, like, instead of, like, feel alcohol, alcohol syndrome baby face, it's more like she's <laughs> she's like an angry box yelling at everyone. So I guess maybe yeah. this is, at least it's a lateral move. But anyway, Jessica Rabbit, she comes out, she got shimmery dress, which the dress never shimmers for the rest of the movie because it was too expensive to do that in every shot. So just for this thing, she comes out. And sometimes she has tiny little Jessica Rabbit hands. Some other times when her hands are just rotoscoped over a real live woman's hands, manipulating the clothing of the women, of the dudes that she's trying to turn on, they suddenly turn into big fat human hands. But eh, what you gonna what do? you going to do? But man, the shading on her is crazy, though. Yeah, no, this is With one all of the, the big... lights hitting her and yeah, and the, it, the see-through dress and shit. Well, and this is one of the big highlights for Industrial Light and Magic because the animation done uh, for this whole movie was done by Richard Williams' team. But just as much, if not more, animation was done by Industrial Light and Magic using the all the same... Uh, analog techniques that they used to bring this, like, the Star Wars spaceships to life with, like, motion control uh, cameras and hand-drawn rotoscoping and 
and shadows and highlights and stuff like that instead of although you know like star wars they would be hand animating like lightsabers and, and engine exhaust this is them hot just hand drawing all the shadows and the highlights and stuff like that essentially doing their best to take the flat animation that Richard Williams was giving them and they're the ones who sat down and did like all the sparkles on on her dress and did everything they could to just make sure all these characters try to fit into that world as best as possible without really using much in the way of computers aside from the computers you know that manipulated the motion control cameras but yeah and actually <laughs> watching this in HD uh, you you kind of have to be looking for them, but in HD you can sp see the split uh, screen matte lines used to cover up the live action lady pinching Marvin Acme's cheeks and playing with Valiant's hats in the famous mm. super long motion control shot when Jessica uh, moves between the camera and uh, the stage lights where she's kind of silhouetted. This is what the shot that appeared in all the commercials and stuff for this movie. But yeah, this is all a motion control shot used by uh, shot with industrial light and magic cameras because. Yeah, it's a real woman who's actually, like, uh, yeah, pinching Marvin's uh, cheeks and uh, lifting um, uh, Valiant's hat, but there's... You don't see the full woman because they cut her hands off. Uh, it's a split-screen thing, and you can actually see the split is hidden posts either uh, right next to both actors. and But they just... It's a whole elaborate thing, but it is just... Uh, not an animation thing as much as a special effects marvel of this one shot. It's yeah. just like, holy shit, but... Yeah, this is just as impressive as the actual animation as the things going on just there. But anyway, she sings and dances, her tits are bouncing around. <laughs> and I've always, always, ever since first, probably first saw the movie, I love it when she finishes singing the song and she says, why don't you do right like some other men? And she pauses before she says, do. And before she says, do. <laughs> you, some, you're going to point this out? Some, I've never heard anyone else point this out, but I made a special <laughs> note of that too. Yeah, go ahead. Some dude off screen goes, Oh, he is coming. He... It's not even <laughs> of all the things in this movie. I almost wonder. I wonder to this day if was that intentional or was that one of the sound design guys being like, "Let's like, fuck this with dude people." Dude is so excited to see Jessica hitting on this chubby detective. I mean, it works because I mean, this again. This 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 three minute segment was a sexual waiting for so many people. Not even just dudes, but a lot of girls I know. But that is the perfect top or just the... Uh, it is such a guttural... <laughs> that actually should be a ringtone. Just the, that yeah. one guy going, oh, man, anyway, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sound of the guy coming in his pants just off screen. Which is funny, because if you're not being... Like, that could be Marvin Acme, too, because it is just, like, right off yeah. camera, but who knows. But, oh, my God. This so, movie's fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. So Valiant follows Acme backstage where he peeps through a keyhole, but the gorilla catches him and throws him outside. Yeah. Uh which is where he needs to be anyway, so he can look in the window and listen to Jessica Tang. Yeah, it just works out. She yeah. has a headache. Uh, but she rolls with it anyway. And oh, that's the big joke patty cake, because yeah. Patty cake, patty cake, patty cake. Well, that's patty cake. The, thinking about I mean, this is an actual scripted sex joke. But like mm -hmm. it's the it sound like he is ramrodding her ass. Like I'm the only thing they're missing is the big floppy wet sex sounds. But I mean, they should they could have had the clapping sounds. Consider what they were doing. Uh, yeah, Patty you know cake? what? Actually, Patty I didn't think of that. Patty cake. They probably did in one. You know, of the I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure at one point that was in there, and they're like, you know what? We can't even as a touchstone pictures release. We did no. We're gonna get killed. Yeah. yeah, and it cuts to Roger crying, patty cake, patty cake. He can't believe it. It's photos of Jessica playing 
plain actual patty cake. Yeah, which that's. She was the apple of my eye. You're creaming my coffee. Marine says he can't believe it either. Marvin Acme has been his friend and neighbor for 30 years, and he gives Roger a shot. It'll make him feel better. Roger swigs it down and turns into a giant blowing whistle that makes all the yeah, it's a little weird. Explode. Yeah, it kind of looks like he's Before screaming saying, dick. Thanks. I needed that and passes out on the desk. I do love, it's not even a joke, but I love uh, as Roger is flipping through the photos that Eddie Valiant has took, he starts flipping mm-hmm. through faster and faster until it essentially becomes a flip book showing you, like, it's almost yeah. animated, like, you know, uh, Jessica and uh, Acme playing patty cake. Yeah. Uh, Eddie gets the rest of his money and tells Maroon, and Maroon tells Roger that he'll find another dame in no time, a good looking guy like him. The dames will be breaking down his door, and this make Roger freak out. And says that him and Jessica are gonna be happy again. Just you wait and see. They're gonna fix it. She's gonna be happy. Capital H A P P I. And he he bails and leaves the room. A Roger sized hole in the window. Yeah, I remember that being a big part of the, the commercials and everything too. With the big Roger silhouette in the window. Yeah. And I, you know he what? Cr- and also, it helps too. There's gonna be a plot point about this later, but um, this is the scene that also establishes they don't draw attention to it, but that. Uh, well, I guess they do if, if uh, Maroon talks about how Acme is his neighbor, but you get to see that the Acme warehouse where the whole finale of the movie takes place is like literally just right across the street from uh, Marvin's mm. studio. He cries outside looking at photos of him and Jessica and happy times. And guess that ain't true. Please. <laughs> Which I guess it was a last minute addition because I guess Spielberg was like, we need a little beat of Roger after he freaks out. Like that can't be the last thing the audience is seeing in this scene. We need... Uh, so I guess this is one of the last things done in the movie where they just stole an establishing shot of the outside of uh, Acme Studios from another uh, shot in the film and just like, yeah, just like a quick five minute just shot little thing of uh, Roger just, well, I guess, yeah, just empty shot of Roger, mm-hmm. uh, go what would be Roger later on sitting on top of the thing, which is interesting too because uh, Roger breaking out his uh, wallet pictures and looking up all these black and white photos of him and um, Jessica Rabbit at the beach later does mirror... What we're going to see in just a little bit with Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie goes back to his office slash home, content with another job well done of breaking up a marriage. <laughs> I wonder how often Eddie does this. No wonder no wonder he's been driven to drink, aside from the death of his brother. But if this is his job, is just like, just driving people to suicide. Jesus Christ. He looks at the other photos from the role of their trip to Catalina, and he's enjoying them until he sees the photos of his brother. And this makes him sad. His brother's desk is still there, covered in dust and cobwebs. Untouched since his brother's head was crushed. The camera pans over to newspaper clippings. Valiant and Valent crack nephew kidnapping. Donald's Huey oh, yeah. and Dewey return. Family celebrate with Monster Party. All of Toontown join celebrations. Goofy cleared of spy charges. What the Evidence hell story was that about? I want to see that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evidence of Valiant Valiant decisive. Something of great jubilation in Toontown Court. Yeah. Uh, something praising the tireless work of private investigators. A photo of the LAPD graduating class of 1925. New clowns on the beat with Eddie and his brother mm-hmm. wearing clown noses and posing kind of silly. Yeah. A photo, photo of a father and his sons in clown makeup in front of Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, Eddie and Teddy on the road with Dad 1906. One last photo with the brothers and Dolores. Two flatfoots and a floozy go into business in 1938. How rude. I, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess they're also calling themselves flatfoots, so it's being self-derogatory. But it is a little like, yeah, the wonder Dolores kind of like, yeah, fuck you, Eddie. 
<laughs> about everything. Yeah. Um, and then the camera pans back up to Eddie. It's morning now. Yeah. He's passed out on his desk with an empty bottle in his hand. Some guy picks it up and hucks it in the garbage loudly, waking Eddie up. Lieutenant Santino, where'd you come from? He looks at the photos. The detective, or lieutenant does, and says, Geez, Eddie, if you needed the money so bad, why didn't you come to me? Uh, this and guy he uh, so is... So he took a couple dirty pictures, so kill him. Oh, okay. He's already got a stiff on his hands. Marvin Acme, the rabbit cacked him last night. Which, even in the commentary, they're like, we have no idea what that means. Like, did we just come <laughs> up with cack? Like, what the hell? Like, dude, we're just not allowed to say murdered. Um, yeah. Yeah, this guy, he played Admiral Mahdi uh, in the first Star Wars movie. He's the guy who gets choked mm. out by Vader. He's the Imperial officer. He's like, if your best, mm. if your Death Star is so cool, then blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, he's the one saying the Force is stupid, that the Death Star is so awesome, and Vader's all like, brr, 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 eat my butt. Um, also, I, I, again, I know we need we need to uh, hurry up and, and get through this movie, but I do I, I, do love the whole the montage over the desk because i think this is the most well it's the most backstory you get and most context you get for uh eddie's history i mean you know that his brother died but you get to get to see all these photos of his brother and you forget to find out that eddie was actually like i guess raised in the circus along with his brother and i think this yeah. is the most soulful most me- one of the most memorable parts in the movie and it doesn't even have any of the animation gimmick in it too but i think this is it's kind of hard of the movie really yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, anyway, he's, he's talking to the uh, Imperial officer guy. Yeah, they go to the Acme lot, and Eddie stops and stares in the distance. He hasn't been this close to Toontown for a while. God, Toontown seems like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, Yosemite Sam comes flying over the Toontown wall. His ass is on fire. His biscuits are burning. His biscuits are burning. <laughs> Great horny toads, and he puts himself out yeah. in a, a puddle. And they go inside and see Acme shit all over. I remember, Just I like, went to Disney World in, like, 1991, and I remember they had a lot of stuff like this there. And the, the, seeing this, like, in, inside the Acme warehouse made me really nostalgic for that. Hmm. Uh, and it's, the uh, big safe is on the ground, and it's yeah, just gets, like a yeah. tomb to drop a safe on a guy's head. And it's dropped, it's at this great angle, which really makes the impact look extra vicious. Like, you could totally see, man, yeah. our Acme got fucked up, like... I guess somehow, yeah. like, the the safe sucked all the blood out of his body, but, like, yeah. 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 It's a Disney movie. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Various cops play with various cartoon toys, dynamites, magic holes. Yeah, these cops are shoot fucking... Out of punching gloves. So much for not fucking with evidence at the crime scene. Yeah, yeah, dudes are playing with, like, cartoon sticks of dynamite and shit. Like, one cop takes a portable hole and throws it into the wall just to show that, like, hey, look, portable holes. Yep. Didn't you used to be Eddie Valiant? Oh yeah, this one guy's helmet just fucking with Jack Eddie, yeah. Daniels. Hey, hey you, you fucking drunk. I'm gonna try to punch you in the face three times with this fucking <laughs> magic hammer glove box thing. Yeah. Christ. Some guy's gathering paint from uh, the rope. It's paint from the rabbit's glove. That's a lot of paint, too. It's like someone just rubbed a bunch yeah. of macaroni and cheese on the fucking rope. And it's yellow. Roger's, is it Roger's gloves white? No, they're yellow. Which I always thought was kind of gross because it looked like pee. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can see why they made it yellow just because it's primary color and he's already all white all over the other blue, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Jessica's also there to slap Eddie in the face. She hopes she's proud of himself and those photos he took. And she storms off. Yeah, you, uh, remember start... that animation? We're going to be seeing that again a little bit later, too. That specific animation. Mm. Um, cops are wheeling start... out the body of Marvin, Acme, yeah. Yep. But then they trip over a box of shoes, squeaky shoes. 
and they run all over including like a goose stepping german patent leather <laughs> boot shoes which yeah yeah but yeah most and importantly you got acme's, two little yeah little red shoes yeah acme's hands falls down and his joy buzzer falls off and for some reason eddie's like i'm gonna steal that fucking joy buzzer i guess he thinks it's gonna be some kind of evidence hey it's a detector crime story like who knows it could be turn out to reveal something crazy but all it so reveals bent, is bump bump. He bends down to tie his shoe and trying to pick it up, but then he ow, just dabbed in the hand. What the fuck? Cane, and it's 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 Judge Doom. He's like, is this motherfucker removing evidence from a crime scene? And he's like, like, have nah, you seen nah, these cops and what they're you, doing Judge. to evidence in this crime scene? Like, <laughs> just three minutes ago, some guy tried to punch me in the face with a magic hammer. Yeah. Yeah. And and somehow Doom is in charge. How the fuck I, did that happen? Even as a kid, this didn't make. Because I get that he's a judge, so that gives him some political power. But this is a crime scene, and like he's a judge. He only mm-hmm. like it doesn't. That doesn't mean he gets to show up to crime scenes and start investigating. Like that's he, yeah. then he's not a judge. Then he's like Detective Doom, which actually that could be yeah. a great story of itself. But yeah, it's Christopher Lloyd. I you know what? I didn't realize how much makeup he's in until watching this in HD for the first time. Because Oh, yeah, same here. Yeah, he's... I just assumed it was just Christopher Lloyd with his head shaved, but no, he's got like a hook nose, a false chin, a weird bulbous goiter on his Adam's apple? I guess mm. they're trying to make him look as vulture-like as possible, except he's also got these weird white chiclet false teeth. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is kind of... I guess maybe that, that's their foreshadowing that he's a toon, because there's like, I guess a toon's approximation of human teeth or something like that. Well, and... And he's, his outfit is always being blown in the wind. That's I do like that when he first shows up. Like, yeah, it doesn't happen no, consistently. All the time. Yeah, it's just constantly like whoosh, the winds of yeah. fate are blowing through his robes. I guess originally mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was supposed to have a vulture on his shoulder at all times named Voltaire. Uh, but it was one of those things where they even filmed, like, they filmed all this footage with the idea that the vulture would be there. But it's like one of those things where, like, we we, we don't have enough time to do that fucking vulture. We just got it. like, thank God it's invisible. <laughs> we just pretend it's not uh, there. They should have used the other vulture from the Looney Tunes cartoons. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this me and Judge Doom. No, 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 no. Oh, someone dropped the save on his head. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? That Jim, uh, Judge Doom's uh, not very particularly bright younger brother, Judge Duh, has, has that has vulture. Oh. Yeah. So, uh,. Doom says the rabbit won't get far. His men will find them. It's, his men are weasels. They roll in and say they have ears all over town. They'll find him. Doom asks Eddie where he thinks the rabbit might be, and he cracks wise at him. Doom says a human has been killed by a tomb. He sure he appreciates the seriousness of it all. And and thus the scene that emotionally scarred everyone who's ever seen this movie in the history of ever begins. I think that's one of the things that I, kind of makes me recognize that this movie doesn't have a lot going for it emotionally. That this is the one scene everyone remembers. It's just a random mm. cartoon shoe who I guess is voiced by Nancy Cartwright according to IMDb. Uh, the voice of uh, think... Bart Simpson. This is the thing I everyone th- walks away with aside from the kids getting boners from Jessica Rabbit. I think this might be the second most fast-forwarded moment in movie history next to Cheer Up Charlie. Yeah, at least this only lasts a minute, whereas Cheer Up Charlie, that's a good 35 minutes of that movie's runtime. <laughs> when you're really sitting down and watching, you're like, oh my god, this is not stopping. There's multiple verses. Yeah. Oh, happy god. Happy Cloud Shoe just wants to be loved by Doom. But <sighs> since Doom has got Toontown on his jurisdiction, he's been trying to rein in the crazy, and the only way to do that is to make Toons respect the law. 
And they bust out a steaming vat of turpentine called Dip. This? And he dunks the poor shoe into it, melting it with horrible, horrible sounds. It might be the worst on-screen death in any movie, movie in it the history It really is, ever. too. And, like, because the last part of it, the going to the dip is, like, the red part, it's, like, blood red when he pulls his glove out. It looks like he's just, like, just his arm is soaked in his red... Oh, it's just greasy and black and red and gruesome and just, it's no me gusta. And you know what? Actually, of all the things in this movie, the, the prop, the, whatever they use to make that dip is some of the most effectively disgusting-ass looking shit in the world because it's that noxious green with, like, the fucking fart yellow mixed in with, like, debris on top. It does look like what it's going to do to things. Like, even as a human being, like, you don't want to be within 50 fucking feet of that shit. And, but yeah, that shoe gets... You know what? I'm I'm a little bummed that they didn't have a little thing with the uh, the shoes mate off to the side going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it's just over there. Just goes, oh, oh, Jesus Christ! So yeah, this is that's kind of the highlight of the film for a lot of people, right there. Is that that shoe? I don't think it's a highlight. Well, and also, you know what? Right the one term. thing is easy for to forget to. You got the shoe murder, and then when uh, Judge Doom turns back to Eddie Valiant, you hear it, I assuming it's supposed to be one of the cackles from one of the weasels because they are talking in the background, but you hear like. <laughs> like wipe out <laughs> laugh <laughs> which i'm assuming mm. that's more like you know for artistically what it is it's kind of an echoing foreshadowing of like the crazy tune that uh judge doom it is oh and i that's... would have figured it's the, the straight jacket guy because yeah. he's always laughing. oh exactly i think that you from like that's that you can wave that off is that that's what's supposed to be happening within the text of that scene but i think like thematically that's supposed to be like mm. judge doom's inner tune kind of like cackling from the inside out <laughs> and doom says that's how they handle shit in two town <laughs> he just murdered an just innocent flat out Shouldn't the cops be like, that's not cool? Well, the big theme of this movie is the fucking segregation between people and tunes and tunes, no one sticking up. Like, even just in the next scene, Baby Herman's all like, there's no justice for tunes. I mean, this is kind of one of the weird things about the movie is... Uh, this guy, again, I can't digress too much because we got to move forward, but, uh, back in middle school, I had a teacher who, he was a black guy and he was very much into civil rights and stuff like that, but he loved this movie, uh, because he was like, man, there's a reason why tune rhymes with coon. And that's because, like, this is the easiest way to introduce kids to the plight of civil rights for black people mm. in America. By if, 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 like, hopefully any any kid watching this movie one day reads a textbook and they see that, like, how black people were. I mean, it's a fantasy movie by Disney for children, but which is also yeah, weird because there's they, almost no black people in this movie, even though this is. They didn't. They didn't really go very far with the segregation. Yeah, it's it's something that's very lightly touched on. Probably the hardest moment is when later in the next scene when Baby Herman says, "Yeah, there's no justice for tunes," but like. Really, there is a hardcore, more more hardcore version of this movie that that could exist where you could have like tune only bathrooms and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a little bit what they're getting with with the Ink and Paint Club being a tune, like speakeasy, because it's kind of like the Cotton Club where all the talent and all the waiters are are all blacks and all the whites are like, you know, it's it's they it's it's there in the subtext very lightly, yeah. but it's there and and that kind of plays into this, like how Judge Doom can just summarily execute. The, you know, just just the tune without anyone caring because no one cares about the tune. So, yeah. But anyway, that's neither here yeah. nor there. That actually yeah. is everywhere. But yeah, yeah. we gotta <laughs> we gotta go. I don't want. Oh, we gotta go. Now. Eddie goes home and sees a lady's ass lighting a cigar for a baby. <laughs> that's it's what happens. Herman. That is. I wonder if that's a, yeah. that's a stage direction. <laughs> Valiant sees a lady's ass. Uh huh. 
He want uh, baby Herman wants to talk about Eddie about the Acme murders, and uh, he sends her, the lady downstairs to get some racing forms. And he says his problem is he's got a fifty-year-old lust with a three-year-old dinky. I guess in uh, after the, the longest time in home video they changed it so he says a uh, a three-year-old body because I thought I, think, mm. I guess I thought dinky was a little bit too much, but yeah. So. He says the rabbit didn't kill Acne. He would know. He's a very good friend of his. And the whole thing stinks like last week diapers because he's a baby. He baby. And he baby. And the papers say Acme didn't leave a will, but that's above kiss. Every tune knows that Acme was going to leave the tune town to the tunes. Of course, uh, no one had seen the will, but Acme gave the tunes his solemn oath or some shit. Which uh, you'd think the will would have existed from before the night. Did he rewrite it every night? I assuming he would die every night. It also suggests that like he talked about that will a whole lot. It, it like yeah, like one it would he never like sat down with the, the like a lawyer in Toontown and said, "Hey, I'm gonna write out this will." I mean, Baby Herman at the very end of the movie calls him out for being an asshole for not making the the will more easily foundable. Uh, for the yeah. tunes, foundable. But, yeah, what? Well, you know, I guess you don't have a movie if 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 what if Marvin Acme had been not an idiot, but. I guess we've already seen that he is kind of an idiot, but although the world is kind of stupid because everyone's going like, where's the will of Marvin Acme on the front page paper or the photograph of it? It's just him just hanging out with the will in his pocket. <laughs> but yeah, we're yeah. going to find that out in just a second, but yeah. Yep. Herman says he'll hire Eddie since he figured Eddie got his pal into the mess. He can get him out and he has money. He'll pay him. Eddie, for some reason, takes offense to this, tells him to save his money for a pair of elevator shoes and shoves the stolen Well, Eddie's still kicking against the idea that, like, well, we already saw half the reason why he went so uh, gangbusters on the guy, uh, the the dinky doodle guy at the the trolley bar was because uh, he takes... He don't work for tunes. Yeah, he refuses... Yeah, yeah, he takes a huge offense at the idea that he would work for tunes, Uh, which actually, he he kicks so hard against that. I was kind of surprised... Uh, when Judge Doom, uh, just in the scene before this, Judge Doom's like, oh, you aren't hiding in a bedding of Roger Rabbit, are you? And, like, I forgot, like, they established later that, like, Eddie had done so much work for the Toons that, the like, it's easy to forget that, like, Eddie's so against working for Toons now, but I could see why Judge Doom is so quick to assume that he might be helping Roger, because I guess that's his larger reputation among the world, even though now, in the couple years since his brother has died, he's been working so hard to to, 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 to destroy that reputation, I guess. But it's all just kind of like whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Eddie sits down at his desk and says it's not his fault the rabbit got in trouble. All you do is take a couple photos and... Yeah. Takes a huge shot of wild turkey. Yeah, wild turkey. You see a wild turkey label a lot in this movie. And he leans forward to take some straps off his shoulders and notices through the glass that the photo in the newspaper Acme has the pocket, is the will in his pocket. Yeah. And this is funny because this, this plot point of a character using a glass as a magnifying glass uh, to investigate a MacGuffin tucked into someone's pocket on a front page newspaper photo is a plot point uh, Plot point in both this and in Zemeckis' next film, Back to the Future 2. This is how mm. Marty also discovers that Biff has the almanac in his pocket when he uh, first wins on his uh, like uh, 18th birthday. Um, but yeah. Jeez Louise. Just throw that out there. They're a fan he of this gimmick. Thinks- he almost thinks better of it and getting involved, but he says to hell with it and does a <laughs> on his face <laughs> and pulls down his bed that's in the wall. I love those beds. I forgot they're what they're called, but I know the Muppets use them. Yeah. Oh. He starts getting ready for bed, which just is 
taking off his shoes. Yeah, get, he's take, sleep yeah. in his clothes. He doesn't have a pillow, but he turns over to use the pillow as next to him. But what happened next? Oh no, he's watching Wabbit. Oh no, the watch Rabbit squeeze. Oh, oh my god, is that their boyfriend the and girlfriend? Because they're in the same bed together, they almost kissed. Mm -hmm. Oh he no, he got him through the letterbox. He, had, he asked him if anybody knows he was here. He says, well, he had to ask the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. They didn't know. But the liquor store guy, he knew. That's actually one of my favorite jokes in the movie. You're like, oh, it's not like super sophisticated, but like, oh. Mm -hmm. Eddie tries to throw him out, but Roger says he didn't kill anyone. The whole thing is, his whole thing is just making people laugh. And yeah, he was jealous about his wife. So he found a nice clean piece of paper and wrote Jessica, I love you. It's a good way to start threading in the, the twist at the end of the movie, though. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't go home. Because the weasels were there waiting for him, and and he wants Eddie wants to know why I come to him, and he's the guy that took the photos. And Roger says that every two knows that if you have a problem, you come to Valiant and Valiant. Yeah, this is kind of gets at, gets to what I was saying before, but I guess uh, Eddie's reputation as a helper of Toon still precedes him, no matter where he goes, no matter how much he fights against it. Yeah, yeah, he almost sits in Eddie's brother's chair, but. He yells at him and says, yeah, that chair. There is a great moment where, yeah, like, chair. Roger shrinks away from the chair, but not before leaving a little bit of handprints on the dust, mm -hmm. which I always thought was a really nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Roger asks where that guy, his brother is anyhow. He looks like a sensible and sober <laughs> fellow. Which is one of the harsher jabs from Roger in this movie. A yeah. sober fellow. Eddie almost calls the cops, but Roger puts on a song and dance and says, I'll be fine. Uh, goes through a doorway, which is, that's a closet, stupid. Yeah. Eddie follows him. Roger cuffs him. Yeah, Eddie Valiant, you're under arrest. <laughs> and uh, Eddie Not says, Not a lot of people can do that. I'm pretty keys for those. I don't can't have do the it for keys shit. for those cuffs. Yeah. And just then, the Toon Patrol shows up. It's the Weasels. Oh, no. Roger says, you gotta hide me. There's no justice for Toons anymore. If they get the hand Oh, on that's him, what Roger... I thought it was maybe Herman that says that, but yeah, but okay, yeah. That's Roger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Weasels, after pounding on the door, just machine gun their way in. Yeah. That's... Yeah. They got real machine guns, too, and it's kind of funny to see the animators trying to keep up with, like, all these guns on wires floating through this environment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weasels search the place. Eddie's just watching stuff in the sink. It's his laundry. That's a great way Roger's, to hide Roger, though. Was, yeah. Roger's hiding under the water. The weasels tell Eddie, Look, Valiant, we got a reliable tip-off that the rabbit was here. It was corrugated by several others. So cut the bullstick. Is that when he slaps the water or is that the end? That's the end. Because I always thought that was a nice touch. Keep, yeah, the physicality. You keep talking like that, and I'm going to wash your mouth out. Oh, that's soap. right. He yeah, okay. his mouth, and he falls backwards. Other weasels start laughing, and he says, Stop that laughing. And you, you know, know what happens when you can't yeah. stop laughing? Someday you're going to die laughing. And in this scene, Eddie Valiant's arms are all wet, and you find out a little bit later that it's true. Eddie Valiant is a very hairy man. Yeah, he's wearing a sweater. He could, like, out-ape Robin Williams, man. Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah, he did not have to wear uh, too much layered clothing to stay warm in the winter, man. <laughs> the weasels tell him that they, <laughs> that's, they... that's how Bob Hoskins died. He couldn't stop the hair from growing all over his body and just choked to death. Turned, he's, he was very slowly turning into the werewolf over the course of his, like, 60-year life. Mm. Anyway. 
They tell him that they'll hang him and his laundry out to dry in splash water. I always thought that was really... It's one of those things where I wonder how they do it, because did they just have someone in the sink slash splash the water from inside out or what? Because, like I said, they they use all kinds of stuff. They use uh, objects on on rods, on on strings, like things being puppeteered just out of camera, split screen. It's just... And again, this is really before computers, before they could just go in and just, like, edit that stuff out, so... Yeah. Do you just... think it would lose something if, if they had made this now exactly the same, but used CG to take out all the stuff or make stuff look smoother? Would it lose a lot of the charm? I think it... it would probably look more... Ironically, I think it would look more again. I, I think that depends on what perspective you're coming from. I think as long as they made sure the animation was all hand-drawn animation, even if it was just drawn on a Cintiq, not a pen and paper. But... I would be very curious. I, 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 I would say yeah... Uh, the movie would look less janky in parts. Like, you wouldn't have the weasels running around, obviously not holding the guns, but trying to keep up with the guns that are floating through, floating through the environment on wires. And that also depends on how crazy they go with the, whatever the new te uh, new technology is. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess you wouldn't even need to do the thing where you have guns on wires, because you could just have... If a actually, if anything, what you... Unlike this, where everything had to be shot and the animation was done later, you could actually do a lot of the animation. Well, you st still need to uh, shoot all the basic, li the living human beings in the in the environments and still animate over that. Yeah. But like, you don't have to worry about like having the props floating in air because the props could be all CG. I think that's when things get a little shaky when people realize that the that the even the hand drawn uh, characters are no longer holding quote unquote real object, but. If they're mm. they're too CGI looking, I think that would rob it. But I think there's a way you could make a sequel to this these days, kind of combining yesterday's tech with today's tools in a way that wouldn't be too offensive and would still keep some of the warmth and charm. But, um, but you could do stuff like this movie has a hard time with uh, characters in the background and. Uh, because the characters are always in focus because they're just animation. It, they didn't yeah. really have the tech at the time to like to blur them out like the rest of the background. So like stuff like things like that you could fix in a computer. And I don't think people would care. And in fact, mm -hmm. it, again, like I said, would make things nest even easier. But yeah, that, there is a way to do it, but you just have to be very careful. Gotcha. Yeah. Roger asks how he can ever repay Eddie and smooches him, and Eddie says, "For starters, never kiss him again." Too, and that was in every trailer ever. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that gets paid off at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie takes him to the bar across the street. Yeah. I think Roger in his coat, which Dolores asks him if that's a rabbit or if he's just happy to see her. Yeah. Herpa derpa. And they take Roger to the back into the secret room. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Speakeasy where... room. Yeah. Yeah, where he's just a raging pain in the ass. In this yeah, this scene. is the scene where it gets a little bit too. It's I mean, you. This is also the longest stretch of the movie that we are kind of exposed to Roger nonstop. Yeah. And I get the idea that the reveal. Uh, well, well, yeah, we'll get there. Okay, yeah, I'll let you. Yeah, shut up, Bill. So they turn on the light, and man, the extra work they put into coloring Roger as the light swings back and forth. Yeah. From Eddie hitting his head on it constantly, and the fact that his ears are kind of translucent, and you can see the light through it. Have you seen the YouTube essay called Bump the Lamp? Maybe? Uh, someone just did a YouTube video essentially just about this scene, talking about how when you're doing work, you should always, if you have the time and resources to do it, you should always try to quote-unquote bump the lamp. 
And this mm-hmm. guy, I don't know if he's an animation expert or anything like that, but it's just some creator somewhere is talking about how in this scene, they could have just shot this scene just, you know, with flat lighting, but they decided to just make things look extra difficult, uh, just make things difficult by having the lamp get bumped and so it's swinging around and so they have to worry about all this interactive lighting with Roger. Uh, pretty much exactly what you're talking about, just because they could do it, just just as an s- experiment in tech. And yeah. uh, it doesn't add anything to the scene, but just looks really cool, and so they have this guy's whole essay about how, yeah, if, if, if it, even if you're just a songwriter or just musician or a visual artist if you can do something that can hey. add just that extra little twist to your work that will really make it shine that's bumping the lamp you're making things unnecessarily difficult for yourself but hopefully if just a couple people notice it that'll make it all the worthwhile and that's... that could be one of those things that we actually post on the Facebook and use it for a change. Yeah, actually, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I never remember we have Facebook until we talk about it at the yeah. end of every episode. It but... only took us 148 episodes. And again, that's that's not so much the animation department. That's ILM with all their post processing, lighting, and 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 stuff. They had, mm. they all they all did draw all the all the highlights and the shadows and stuff by hand and draw all these mats where they could like yeah like you were saying that like the roger's ears kind of get transparent a little bit they, they had to do that on purpose and all the exposure changes and things they had to do in this scene it's just fucking crazy yeah so eddie uses a hacksaw to cut the cuss off which tells roger to hold still and roger holds still by just getting off out of the cups which he's like you could have done that anytime he says no only when it was funny yeah <laughs> I'm assuming that that's the rule for all tunes, uh, as opposed to just yeah. Roger, which does explain something. I'm going to talk about something a little bit later about how the tunes work and uh, what they can or can't do in specific situations. But it is that is one mm. of the this is also one of the big uh, bits that made it into all the trailers was, which is kind of a bummer because when the, you know it's one of those things when you see a trailer enough you see the scene coming when you see it in the theater so this scene kind of gets spoiled for you. But it is a great even to this day it is. Uh, Eddie Valiant's reaction to realizing Roger has slipped out of there. He just looks so pissed. And Ro- Roger yeah. even knows how badly he's fucked up because he's so like and, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty goddamn cute. Yeah. Yeah, almost redeems said- the, the, the fact that this is the part of the movie where Roger's getting a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Kissy Fur will return after these messages. <laughs> Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. wrong with that take? Nothing with you, baby Herman. You were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. Just Roger. He keeps blowing his lines. Roger. What's this? A tweeting bird. Tweeting bird. Roger, read the script. Look what it says. It says rabbit gets clunked. Rabbit sees stars. Not birds. Stars. Can we lose the playback, please? You're killing me. Killing me. For crying out loud, Roger. How the hell many times do we have to do this damn scene? Raul, I'll be in my trailer. Taking a nap! Excuse me, Please, Raul! I can give you stars! Just drop the refrigerator in my head one more time! Drink up on your head 23 times already! I can take it! Don't worry about me! I'm not worried about you, I'm worried about the refrigerator! This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. And a down-and-out private detective... Stay out! Ah! Named Eddie Valiant. 
Ooga Booga. Every moment they were together ah! was a new adventure in trouble. Hi, me, Eddie. Please. It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie. Don't tell me I'm making a big mistake. Love. Compassion. Well, right, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And violence. <laughs> Tunes. Gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. I'm a pig! I'm a tomb! I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or you're just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Now return to Kissy Fern. Eddie says he needs to find the will, and he shows the photo to Dolores and Rabbit. He doesn't think anybody's found the will yet. Whoever killed Acme wants the will, and Eddie thinks Maroon dropped a safe on Roger's boss's head. He get his hands on Toontown, and Eddie's gonna go back to the office, and etc. Yeah. Something about Dolores has to go talk to the probate. Did they just say this just so Roger can be Roger like? Roger can make a prostitute. My uncle Thumper had a problem with his probate. He had to take pi pills this big. And yeah. just like I, I never thought about the uh, jokes much as a kid, but now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that's that's actually that's I don't know why that just struck me as being funnier because it's an old person joke. Yeah. So. uh... Well, I didn't know what a prostate was when I was seven. Well, exactly. I didn't know what a virgin was until I saw Spaceballs. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, so uh, yeah, was well, uh, Eddie asks Dolores if, if if yeah she can look after Roger for a bit. Yeah. And then later, Eddie's at his office. Yeah, this is an Jesse... abrupt cut. Um, yeah. This is well. There's a very famous deleted scene here. Wait, no, that's later. No, that this is it. This is this actually is if okay. if you know about the pig-headed scene, if you know that this is where it's supposed to go, you can tell that this is a little bit of an abrupt cut from Eddie saying, "Hey, Dolores, can you look after Ratchet?" Too suddenly, yeah, it's an expo uh, establishing shot of Eddie's door with a silhouette of uh, Jessica Rabbit having just walked through it. Uh, this yeah. is animation that was stolen from the shot just a couple scenes ago where after uh, Jessica slaps Eddie at the Acme warehouse, uh, they had to recycle this because this is the connecting tissue they used to kind of smooth over uh, the, uh, the, 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 the... Essentially to smooth over the gap left from the pig head scene. So I guess what happened in the original um, version was... Yeah, the abrupt cut from Eddie asking Zora from Blade Runner to look after Roger for a few days... Um, uh, jumps to recycle animation from Jessica Rabbits. Uh, this, yeah, the only this is the only remaining bit from the famous pig-headed deleted scene, in which Eddie is busted while looking for Acme's will in Jessica's uh, dressing room at the Eakin Paint Club. Uh, Judge Doom and the Weasels uh, capture him, uh, paint a giant pig's head onto Eddie's head, and then uh, they leave him back at his apartment. 
And so he runs upstairs and tries to wash the uh, the pig head off with a turpentine. And so making the eyeballs go down the drain. Yeah, the deleted footage came out. It's really kind of gruesome because what they did for the scene, uh, which was shot and animated and everything like that, they put like a big foam rubber or not even foam. It was like foam, uh, like packing material pig head on uh, Bob Hoskins head and put him in the shower and the water kind of crumbles the pig head into pink fluff and it just looks extra kind of gruesome and stuff and i guess that was like it was like an eight minute long scene that they just realized just the plot doesn't go anywhere it's just an excuse to have more mayhem happening and they just realized that the movie's already almost two hours long the plot stops dead here you need to keep on moving because this is still just like 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 the second act of the film the start of it so yeah i have to keep on uh, moving forward so like like we should do so i should shut up yeah so they uh jessica's there and he comes out of the bathroom putting a tie on and oh. holding up his pants with no shirt on. I am not an attractive sh- man. I can't throw too many shirt. rocks, but Jesus. He's got his shirt of hair on. His, like, his tie is, like, nesting above, like, three inches above his skin because it's held up by all the hair on his chest. Like that hair, mm-hmm. Velcro forest <laughs> on his chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jessica Rabbit, she's like going through his stuff and just kind of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. She exposition, says she's exposition. just a pawn in this whole thing like Roger. Yeah, it's not me. He doesn't know how hard it is being a woman look at the way she, she does. And he doesn't, she doesn't know how hard it is being a man looking at her the way she is. And she's not bad. She's just drawn that Boy, way. Boy, I wish they had put that line in the trailers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she says Maroon set up the photos of her and Acme, and she didn't want to take them, but Maroon said that if she didn't, Roger would never work in this town again, and she couldn't let that happen. She'd do anything for her husband. Anything. Oh, she does go there? Okay. Yep, and the boom. <laughs> oh, is the that sound what of po- her titties pressing up against them. Oh, yeah. And Hetty's pants fall down as she gets real close. Oh, and yeah. Dolores comes in right then and clears her throat. And asks Eddie if he's dabbling in watercolors now. Which is kind of weird. That's not really a joke. It's just more just an utterance she can say. Yeah, Eddie chuckles, beds over, and picks up his pants. And as he comes back up, he hits his head on her titties. Which, yeah, and that again makes the big basketball sound. The boring. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess that was improvised by Eddie, uh, not Eddie Hoskins, uh, Bob Hoskins on set. Mm. So she says goodbye to, or Jessica says goodbye to Eddie. And it says her offer still sends and sends a flying smooch. Firmly stands because penis. Oh, yeah. And I do love is the, mad about. Yeah, Dolores is all kind of throws her a little bit of shade as she's walking out the door, but then yeah, she comes over and like rips the 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 floaty kiss that Jessica's just given uh, Eddie. Yeah. Off his cheek. Storms out after some dialogue, and Eddie chases her and uh, tells her that they do some talking back and forth. Tells her to buy a new swimsuit. He's on the verge of closing up this case, and she tells him he's not. Rune isn't after Toontown. It's Cloverleaf who's after it. They're the ones who had the highest bid at the auction, and they're the ones who bought up the streetcars and all that shit. And unless the will shows up by midnight tonight, they're gonna have Toontown. Yeah, this is kind of the big plot. This is one of the things I could see why they cut out the pig head scene before this, because this is this is one of the big plot dump ex, uh, plot exposition dumps in the whole movie right here. Yeah, and that motherfucker died yesterday. And they're already like, well, no, if the will doesn't show up within 24 Shit hours. Shit is moving fast, because, yeah, this whole movie fuck. takes place. Yeah, that's, this is what really takes place over the course of, like, 36 hours. Really work that yeah, way. I guess. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Uh, they, but then they hear Roger singing in the distance, 
And they go back to the bar. Yeah, because they're just Roger's standing out. singing and dancing. Yeah. And before they run off the street, a manhole cover opens up, and the weasels say to get the judge. <laughs> uh, quick note, the dwarf at the trolley bar, it was one of the time bandits. He also played Low Gray the Ewok, uh, puppeteered Jabba's tail in Return of the Jedi, and supposedly voices Jabba in the more recent version of Battlefront 2 on the PlayStation 4. Just throwing it out there. Throwing it out there, you're nothing if not this guy will from a Star Wars. That's why I the terrible thing is I recognize the dwarf. Uh, he from a making of documentary where like they actually show him puppeteering the uh, Jabba's tail from the inside out from that puppet. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Roger sings Miracle Round, broke it down. I fucking love this. Yeah, yeah. This is hardcore. Tar I mean, this is the merry go, go merry round go broke. Uh, bleh, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm trying to go as fast as possible, but I can't. Yeah, I'm tripping up now on my own tongue. The merry go round broke down is the melody uh, for the theme of the Looney Tunes. So Roger's doing this whole little song and dance and entertaining everyone at the bar because no one's there to supervise the bar. Because I guess the only employee that ever works there is Dolores. Yeah. Is this by saying she has a boss who counts the till? Yeah, yeah I guess but that's yeah, you never see him or anything. Yeah. So, uh, the record starts to skip when Roger starts to break a plate on his head, <laughs> he breaks more and more plates. Which, that's great. Eventually, Eddie throws him in back into the secret oh. room and yells at him for being an asshole and not hiding very well. And Eddie says he can't, or Roger says he can't help, his laughter is what he does. And those guys out there would never turn him in because he made them laugh. That's one of the things I don't care about much for Roger as a character because his whole, like, virtuous mission in life is to make people laugh. I don't think he's that funny enough to be, like, this Christ-like messianic figure of laughter. Uh, I yeah. mean, he is, he is chuckle-worthy, but it's not like, while well, watching this movie, I'm absolutely dying. And it's obviously not worth him getting himself and all these, so many of these other people in trouble, especially Eddie himself just to make people laugh it's like hey, you're terrible you're a terrible terrible murder suspect roger calm the fuck down um yep. but anyway but a red light flashes and they shut up judge doom comes in with the wind blowing yeah he's looking for a murderer a rabbit a toon rabbit about this about time. yay big. yeah and it's the dwarf who makes the uh, sit on his uh the guy get down on his knees yeah, Dolores says there's no rabbit, so don't harass her customers. And he didn't come to harass, he came to reward. And he scrapes, rubs out some writing on a chalkboard. Using the sleeve from the. I didn't realize it was a vet, an armless vet, vet yeah. at the bar. Uses the guy's one nut and useless sleeve to wipe off the word French dip to change it to rabbit dip on the bar menu. Which I thought that was fucking cold. For $5,000. Which I don't. I don't get. Why does Doom need to kill Roger so bad? I, I actually, it's five hundred dollars. But I is it? Because you think he would be more worried about the will? Because there's no reason why Judge Doom would assume that Roger's got the will. He just should be looking for the will, not trying to kill. Well, I mean, even then, yeah, it doesn't seem seems like, like the will's going to show up anymore. He's focusing all his attention on the Roger. Yeah, because I mean, really, all he needs to do is make sure the will doesn't show up for the next like twelve hours before midnight. So you think, if anything, that like he would have the wheels out just to, like yeah, but like I, I, unless he's got an extra bone to pick with Rod. I mean, I get the idea that like he gets off on murdering fellow tunes, but, but yeah, that's one of the things about this movie that. For a serial, uh, I, I was complaining about the lack of heart in this movie, and I think one of the other things that kind of uh, uh, shoots this movie in the ass is the fact that, like, it's a crime noir first from a story perspective, but the crime noir detective, the actual detective story doesn't make a lot of sense. 
it's all very things kind of happen just because they have to happen and it doesn't follow in any kind of like logistic way so as a as a detective fiction it's kind of very weak yeah but yeah. and then so egg guy from earlier says he's seeing a rabbit he's right here in the bar say hello harvey which hey get the you get a harvey reference and uh i have not seen harvey since i was a little kid i go over to my grandparents place and they'd be watching like you know it'd be jimmy stewart hanging out with an invisible rabbit and i was like what the fuck is this garbage <laughs> what the, i thought that's a great reference for this because because i mean it's a movie with that they made about a rabbit who was invisible on set the whole time so it's a little bit of a meta joke i guess that you know harvey the invisible rabbit is there but anyway but and it's also and gets the redeem the guy that, that does uh, approach the question, would Harvey be a toon if he's invisible and oh, does he exist point, in this what universe? That's a good fucking What point. makes a toon? There has to be is some it, if invisible. A toon is invis- if a toon is invisible, is it still a toon or is it just... I just it's It's got to be a toon. It's just invisible. Yeah. Is a toon still a toon if it's invisible and can't interact with the human world? Mm. From, a, toon's pers- from a human's perspective, I guess at that point it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah. yeah like, is... Although we have seen that there are such thing as ghost tunes, because the weasels turn into angels later. I don't. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Anyway. Anyway. Doom. Doom goes over to the record player and picks up the record. Merry go round, drunken down. That's weird for you drunks. <laughs> you and then he drunk smells and reprobates. It. Yeah. <laughs> he smells it and says, "He's here." I do and love that. Just the just the sheer existence of that record in that bar means that there's got to be because only a goddamn tune would be listening to that goddamn record which i fucking love because yeah. i i love that record that's great and it's, it's just a great bit of cartoon you know trivia that they're using as a clue to find roger which is great again they still don't explain why he cares about roger but yeah and yeah. that kind of leads into he, the next thing which is the yeah well he throws it lodging in a weasel's mouth and the weasels all laugh and he, yell, he yells at them to stop laughing or they'll end up dead like their idiot hyena cousins and they ask him if they should disassemble the place. But he says, no need, no tune can resist the shave and the haircut. Which Roger isn't able to resist when he knocks against shave and the haircut. He bursts through the wall eventually. Yeah, I loved Roger trying to resist. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how much... I'm assuming it's more just because of his tune nature than anything specific to him, to him as a character. But yeah, the idea that no tune can resist completing that which you think that would actually be apparently kind of excluding excluding doom and the weasel well that's a good point too because i was going to make that point like if if it's so tempting i guess maybe there's different casts of tunes maybe the funny tunes are programmed yeah. to not be able to resist but roger does go out of his fucking skull not trying to uh finish that little ditty but yeah he can't he explodes out and yeah everyone's busted yeah yeah so they bring the dip roger fights some and eddie tells dolores to make a drink make it a double which then he asked Doom if Roger can have one last drink before he goes, and Doom doesn't mind delaying the execution for a little bit. I'm kind of surprised, because Doom, again, Doom just seems to exist right now just to kill Roger. I'm kind of surprised he softens right here. I don't think he softens. I think he enjoys the uh, the dread of it all. Yeah, drawing it out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Ro- Valiant Roger offers doesn't... him like, <laughs> it's like half a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, he doesn't want to drink, and Eddie says, you do. Oh, yeah. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. <laughs> when I say I do, I do. And he drinks it. It's all tuned back and forth. Yeah. Switcheroo. One of the few times they actually rip off a very specific Bugs Bunny routine just for uh, Roger. Yeah. 
Although actually, it's Eddie who actually does it, not Roger. But yeah. Yeah, he drinks it, and the whistle shit happens again. And Eddie fights off the weasels as Doom is knocked over. Yeah, Doom's, Eddie... Doom's pretty much completely incapacitated for the next five minutes. Oh, yeah, Eddie tips over the barrel and makes turpentine spill everywhere. Oh, that's Doom, why, because Doom does get reason, back up, but yeah, Doom... Well, I mean, granted, no one wants to, to touch step that in turpentine. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just turpentine. But still, like, yeah, everyone else is cowering from... All the other humans are cowering from that dip, too. No one wants to get in touch well, with it. Well, I, they probably don't know what it is. Yeah. Although, that I, is that, a little bit of a clue, that... Judge yeah. Doom is so like wary of the dip too, but yeah. Yeah, they run out and hear a cab. They get in the weasel's car to steal it, and they hear a cab in there. And uh, Roger climbs through a little vent into the back with the poem popping out of his pocket, where Valiant takes it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. And they find Benny. It's the funny. Cab. I never noticed that, like how the 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 will moves around until watching this movie in HD, and you can kind of track like okay, the like yeah, you can see it moving around, and yeah. Mm. They take off driving, and Benny as the weasels give chase. And Benny being the other cartoon cat, the chase. Yeah. Who was, I guess, according to the commentaries, were originally supposed to be voiced by Lou Rawls, the voice of Garfield and Peter Venkman. But I guess that huh. fell through, and that's why you get, they got Charles Fleischer to voice that character too. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 it would have been too mellow of a cab. Hey, I'm a cab. Won't get the, my the perfect. Do you want to get my butt? Perfect. <laughs> And, uh, hey, so they, we're Slimer. He ate my cookies. They, they wind up going down a long alley. <laughs> Cops in front of them, the weasels behind them, but they pull the lever. And they go up on stilts and escape, killing the motorcycle cops. Oh, yeah, kind of. At least breaking the their kneecaps. Or, yeah, there's motor cops. Yeah, yeah they're, they did. They, <laughs> but, yeah, this is like, then again, this is a lot of the fodder from the, um, the trailers and stuff was like, oh, it's crazy. They're in a cartoon car. I do like in a couple shots, Eddie turns into a tune himself uh, because mm -hmm. that's just uh, there was a couple of stunts in the movie that there was safer to do with uh, Eddie being animated, especially when the car's really hauling ass or doing something crazy uh, that yeah. it was not really safe for the uh, to have a, even a live action stunt person in a go kart. Essentially, uh, what they, they was essentially what they covered up with the, the Benny the Cab yeah. animation. But yeah, but they escape onto the bridge. Mm-hmm. Benny asks where he can drop him, and Roger says, Somewhere we could hide! And he knows just the place. And incidentally, if they ever need a ride, just stack out your thumb! Uh, so they're hiding in the balcony of a movie theater, a huge movie theater, yeah, it's watching a whole movie Goofy palace, shorts. Yeah. Uh, uh, Goofy's working out, and Roger wants to know why Eddie isn't laughing. He's the only one in the theater not laughing. Why is he such a sourpuss? Uh, that establishing shot of Roger watching the Goofy how-to short is one of the few shots that plays around with the tunes being out of focus which i mm. thought was kind of cool because the camera's focused on the goofy short and you see roger <laughs> kind of like in the foreground but yeah uh, which again from a technical perspective again that was one of the things i was saying would be a lot easier with cgi and the fact they were able to yeah. do that uh, even for this movie with that tech is still pretty impressive but anyway that's not this is according to spielberg he considers this to be the heart of the the movie is is Valiant and, and Roger Rabbit having a heart-to-heart -heart in the back of the movie theater. And I, I only noticed it this time, uh, but when Roger moves around in his chair, they rigged up that chair to scoot around a little bit. Oh, and I wouldn't so be a bit surprised. Those chair. guys seem to think of pretty much as much as they possibly could in advance. Yeah. yeah. That stage crew. Yeah. Yeah, so he, Eddie tells Roger that a tune killed his brother. Some guy robbed a bank and made away with a million simoleons or something. A zillion simoleons. 
Yeah, they trailed him to some place on Ox Street, and but when they got there, he got the drop on them. Literally, he dropped a piano on them. Broke Eddie's arm, killed his brother. He got away. Eddie never found out who he was, but he'll always remember those bright red eyes and his high, squeaky voice. Yeah. Which is a great little bit of acting from uh, Bob Hoskins. He's, he's playing it as straight as possible, and he's really selling being haunted by... A tune. Yeah, via tune. And actually, the specific use of the word simoleons and Eddie's talk about how Teddy got killed, uh, combined with Eddie's police lieutenant buddy's exposition back at the Acme warehouse about how Judge Doom bought an election in Toontown with a zillion simoleons, has inspired a lot of debate online as to whether or not simoleons is the official currency of Toontown. That, I don't think that's actually in the movie. That's in the script. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I was I was looking at the script just a tiny bit, and that whole scene was completely different because I had the vulture and shit. In oh, it. really? Okay. I've never and even seen gof- the script. Yeah, okay. Some gopher that gets do- doom dirty. <laughs> really? I can see yeah, why they changed um, that because that would be extra. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> um, I can see Ralph back. If they let Ralph Bakshi direct this movie, that he would have been all over that, but. Oh but my yeah, god. The, the, the cop does say that he bought an election, supposedly. Oh, okay. Um, and also, I mean, simoleons is just an old-timey term, but I, yeah. I would like... I, I can imagine that being the official... It would, like, yeah, I, I could see Toontown having its own currency and just being called simoleons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Roger cries and says it's no wonder he hates him. If a toon killed his brother, he'd hate him, too. And uh, he says he doesn't hate him. Yes, he do. You yank my ears all the time. And he says he's sorry Fuck for yanking you, his ears. All the times you yank my ears. All the times I yanked your ears. <sighs> and then the newsreel plays and Dolores comes in. She got all Eddie's shit. She had to give the weasels a slip and all this. And oh, yeah, this is what she says. I got, I got to shake off the weasels. Mm-hmm. And they share a moment, but Roger's watching like a creep. And they can't kiss. She got a man. He, she should find herself a good man. She got a good man. And he almost kissed, but Roger's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, this is like and, the big, the closest thing to a romantic scene in this whole film. Yep, and they leave, and it's, it's a, one, one of those little things of Roger unhooking the uh, the red... The red like, rope, the velvet, security rope, yeah. Yeah, that I'm sure was a technical nightmare, and... <laughs> barely existed in the film but they put in the work again because you needed an engineer rope that could unhook itself and puppeteer itself without you know any wires or broads being shown and yeah. just like jesus christ man yeah but as uh, yeah leave, as they're walking out though the newsreel plays that there was some huge deal between maroon cartoons and cloverleaf for the biggest land grab in california history or something and then he comes back and says that's it that's the connection so the Maroon Toon Studios, they go. Yeah, he doesn't ex- told- he doesn't mention exactly what the connection is, but yeah, it's suddenly everything's thrown into sharp uh, relief for Eddie. Yeah, and Roger says that uh, Eddie told Maroon that he had the will, but when he do- finds out that he doesn't actually have that will, he's gonna be mad. Yeah. And there's so, a little scene uh, out here uh, when they pull up to the Maroon uh, 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 studio lot that uh, Eddie is talking to Roger, and Roger has, has to stand up on his tippy toes uh, for no reason. What happened? Uh, Bob Hoskins wildly overestimated how tall Roger would have been in that scene, and so they had to animate Roger going up on his tw- uh, tippy toes to make the eye lines match up, which mm. is just a little thing. You don't really pay attention to it unless someone points it out. But, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, uh, uh, Eddie tells uh, Roger to stay with the car to cover him while he goes upstairs mm-hmm. to talk to Maroon, and of course, Roger fucks this up. 
Well, he, he took cover zone by getting hit on the head with a frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't boom boom. I don't know where Jessica yeah. was hiding that, but I'm afraid to find out. In her purse. Because she puts it back in her purse. Oh, does later. she? Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, then fuck you. They don't have an honest answer for my witty question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a so, you, I'm not going to make anyone laugh so much that they refuse to betray me to Judge Doom. <laughs> so, uh... Eddie's... Eddie's scares Maroon by coming out of the rotating door thing. In Which I guess has its insane. own like secret en entrance and exit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, saying he's got the will. Maroon looks sweaty as fuck. He's got snot says... rolling down his face. I don't know what's supposed <laughs> to be happening here. I don't know if this is another says... deleted scene or what, but... I think he figures if he gets the will, he might be killed or something. I don't or something, know. something, yeah, but... but then uh... You get a great shot of the Pistol Pack and Possum poster here if, if you really want to believe the Judge Doom is Pistol Pack and Possum. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're obviously and... in love with. Eddie says that he didn't come alone, and there's this quick scene of Roger getting thrown in the trunk of a car, and Jessica put a frying pan back on her purse. Okay, <gasps> shut up. She's the one that knocked him out. Oh, what no! What happened? Oh, no. And, uh... Maroon wants to see that will! So he pulls out a gun on Eddie, and he pulls the will out of his 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 uh coat. and But it's just Roger's pull. Yeah, Maroon's all like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Is this a joke? And Eddie says, no, but this is, and sprays him in the face with seltzer, punching him after, and Maroon goes down because he doesn't know how to use a gun. He's a cartoon man. And I guess he's also just old and drunk and tired, and the saddlebags on his face are just too much, and he can't... He couldn't He couldn't see through all the sweat that he's <laughs> leaking in the scene. Yeah, so Eddie st uh, steals his little golden gun, and... And threatens to... He puts, he, well, he puts his tie in the editing machine and turns it on, yeah. like, choking him. Which, and I don't know if this asks, is going to kill someone, although I've heard of people, like, editors, like, back in the 1930s and 40s getting fucked up by editing machines, because, like, they would, their tie, or their kerchief, yeah. or whatever, their ascot wig caught the machine and threatened to choke mm -hmm. them, but... Yeah, threatening, you know, in a, in a movie like this, there's so much about animation and movie history, threatening to kill someone with an animation, uh... With an editing machine's pretty pretty good uh, poetic justice, yeah. I like it. Especially the the founder of a cartoon studio. Yeah, he tried to sell his studio to Cloverleaf, but they wouldn't buy unless this! he actually sold his stuff as well. But that stubborn bastard. So he was gonna use the photos to blackmail Acme, and that's all he wanted to do. He didn't want to get involved in murder. He says he's worked with Toons his whole life. He didn't want to see them destroyed. I had to rewind to know, this a couple times. <laughs> He's talking about who destroyed, and he says that he can't tell him if he does. He's a dead man, and uh, which doesn't matter anyway. He didn't know we how true those words were. Mm -hmm. See a gun slide in with a reflection in the window, and he said he says he'll be a dead man if he doesn't tell him. And he says that if that will doesn't show up by midnight, all of Toontan is gonna be land for that. Oh that. no. He gets his shot at it as Eddie dive rolls out of the way. Like and it. this is the scene I was talking about where you can see that the the the, the big long revolver, which seems to be a perfect copy of uh, uh, Pistol Pack and Pete's Possum Pete, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Uh, mm. It's a perfect copy of that dude's gun, and you get to see the gun reflected in the in the in the poster right there. So they are kind of like, even though no. yeah, I'm just saying this is this is the one big thing that you could within the f text of the film you could kind of say the movie is kind of maybe suggesting there could be a connection between Doom and, and the Possum. One of us, one of us probably should have read the book. Yeah, you know what? I the dude's got a website. I should just go buy like a signed copy of the book before he dies someday.
Um, oh, and this yeah. is and Morris. This is the big turning point for the central conceit, uh, the the mystery of the film, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. So the central conceit is that Cloverleaf wanted to buy up both Maroon Cartoons lots and the Acme Warehouse across the street to make way for this highway system. Uh, and I guess for whatever reason, Maroon was desperate to sell his cartoon studio. Uh, but Cloverfield wouldn't buy it unless Maroon somehow found a way to browbeat Acme Cloverleaf. into also selling his business. Why the fuck wouldn't Cloverfield just buy up Maroon cartoons and then worry about Acme themselves, especially if it's run by Judge Doom and they could have just killed him themselves? Or, like, I don't, I don't, like, I guess there's something to be said about, like, the hands-off approaching, letting one problem take care of another if you could just well, get... Well, you also have to remember the mastermind behind it all is a tune. <laughs> yeah, but it's just... Like, so it's going to be a diabolical mustache twirling. But that's one of the things where the central plot. mystery only makes sense because you could just write off the the, the, the person uh, perpetuating the mystery is just a crazy tune. It's just, it's not very fulfilling as, as a mystery is all. So, mm. but so Mar- yeah, but Maroon's yeah. dead. Eddie looks out the window and happens to see Jessica running away. So he gives chase. Following her to the edge of Toontown, where he stops and steals himself. Yeah, this t- this is the tunnel his... from Back to the Future 2 in Buckaroo Banzai. I guess it's the yeah. Griffith Park Tunnel, which shows up on a whole lot of movies. Isn't it also in Flashdance? Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, because I remember, like, I was like, yeah, that tunnel is not in fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's seen it in so, too many other movies. So he throws his useless real gun aside and pulls out his tune gun with the inscription, Thanks for getting me out of the who's cow. It's a nice little Sam, touch. Sam. Yeah. Yep. He wakes up his bolts and tells them it's time to get to work. <laughs> and it's, well, it's yeah, it's a lot of char- great character cartoon actors. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's the old saloon cowboys from Back to the Future Three as Eddie's bullets essentially, which mm. is funny because Back to the Future Three is not going to be made for a couple years after this. But blah blah blah. But yeah, it's a big cartoon yeah. revolver that he's got now, loaded with old geriatric bullets. Yep. They ask where he's been, and he says drunk. And he asks him if they're feeling frisky, and they say, yeah, and they jump in his gun. Eddie's about to take a drink, but he thinks better of it. Yeah. Dumps it out, bump, bump, bump. throwing the bottle in the air and shooting his best bullet at it. And his best, most racist <laughs> bullet, <laughs> which jumps mm-hmm. out of the gun and Tommy Hawks, uh, chop, chop, da, 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 Tommy chopped, what do you call it? The fucking, I know he chops it with a Tommy Hawks. But, like, I know the Atlanta Braves in the 90s, they had the Tommy Hawk chop or whatever the fuck they would do at their fucking They still games. do that shit, Bill. Do they? Uh, yeah, I know somebody who went to one of the games, and I was like, wow, that must have been uncomfortable. He was like, yeah, wait, they, when they started doing the chop, it got even more uncomfortable. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, do the Simpsons uh, uh, fucking collar pull. Yeah. So Eddie, Eddie, he now that he's just uh, permanently destroyed all alcoholism in the world, he hops back in the car. Uh, he has now ended his own personal uh, 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 character arc in this film. And into Toontown he goes. Oh God, oh, Toontown! I, so intense and smile, dodge, smile. Again, this is one of those things where even the creators of this film <laughs> were you like, not- you know what? We had to get in and out of this as soon as possible because we just realized we were like halfway through making this shit. We just realized this is gonna be unbearable to the audience for more than three minutes. Did you notice the cow pie he ran over? Oh no! I just saw. I didn't. I. You know what? Unless you had respect to, I because mm, it is just a pie with a cow's face. With on a cow's it. face. Yeah. Oh, I get it. You son of a pie, bitch. Cow poop is called cow pie. Oh, they actually have the tar baby 
from uh, Song of the South in there, too. That's mm. kind of a brave choice. And everything is so toony and happy until it he gets just... distracted by some birds and crashes his car. Yeah, there's a piss yellow and sky, which is alarming. And just, it's just... Now he's in the middle of Toontown. Yeah. The, the buildings are alive. Snow White's leading the witch into the Cindy's store with magic apples in front. There's and, just uh, a lot going on. He crashed on. into Acme's overused gags truck. Oh, I didn't, yeah. The set... The seven dwarves are coming out of the subway. Mr. Toad is riding a fire extinguisher ladder saying, Tally ho! There's a place called Haircuts, H-A-R-E. And the sign has a, f a picture of a rabbit with its head about to get chopped off by a pair of scissors. Yeah. Oh my god. So then Eddie sees a sexy silhouette figure in a window high above him. So he goes into a building and gets on an elevator that Droopy Dog is working on. Yeah, which I and guess is the favorite character I, of Richard Williams, the animation guy, uh, director of the film. I I didn't think I'd ever get to do my droopy dog, but fuck, get to do my droopy dog. So he says, going up here, mind you step here, hold on here. And he has Toon Physics in Toontown for some reason. Yeah, which this is going to bring up, I was going to, this is... I, Eddie's adventures in Toontown, specifically how he managed to survive damage and, and also survive getting flattened like a pancake, like a cartoon, makes me wonder how it was that Teddy couldn't survive getting a safe dropped on his head just a few years earlier. I wonder if it's just because uh, that wasn't funny. As long as something's yeah. funny, you can survive it, even as a human. But, yeah, it is it is alarming, though, to see Bob Hoskins melted into a... You know what the funny thing is? If you're a kid watching this movie, and your sexual awakening isn't with Jessica Rabbit, but it's Bob Hoskins turned into a pancake. <laughs> and that's the thing you can't, like... Oh, no. Every time you're jerking off for the rest of your life, or that's the image that comes back and haunts you, saying, mm. fuck me. Fuck me so hard. But it's that. Oh, my so God. So then the, the, the elevator stops, and the door's open... Your floor, sir. <laughs> uh, I just Have realized that the wallpaper, day, sir. uh, the wallpaper in the the, the hallway leading up to uh, uh fake Jessica mm -hmm. Rabbit's place is actually the little thimble sol thimble uh, thistle soldiers from is it Fantasia? What else? Maybe it is Fantasia because there's something that Disney made with like little thistle soldiers. But that's the pattern on the the wallpaper. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I, I am a little sad they didn't have uh, droopy dogs. You knew what? I'm happy. There's a great episode of Harvey Birdman where he has to sue a plastic surgeon because uh, he gets uh, plastic surgery to have a smile. Oh, so he's no. always smiling all the time. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Yeah. That's, you know, that's another one I think I think kind of takes away from some of the mystique of Roger Rabbit is that there's been so many cartoon, even if it's not cross-company mashups, there's been shit like uh, Harvey Birdman where like, they have taken old cartoon characters and wrecked them for humor. So going back and watching Roger Rabbit, it's not quite as unique. And it doesn't yeah. qu do quite as much as it could have done with the old cartoons in terms of like making the old well, cartoon characters do horrible, horrible things. But Just wait till it's even less unique once Disney owns everything. Well, that's a good and point. Ten years from now? Anytime they want. Yeah, when they own Voltron and DC Comics and Christ, Warner yeah. Brothers and everything. But anyway. So Eddie looks through a keyhole and she's a shapely letty and says... Gotcha, and opens the door. And oh shit, it's not Jessica, it's Lena Hyena who says, Oh, my! <laughs> she lifts her titties up and let him flop down and chases for her lover boy. This is June Foray. And do you know anything about Lena Hyena? Bill? All I know is that she's a mess. 
Um, all I know is my friend Annie, whenever she catches herself getting thirsty over a boy, she goes, I'm mine! <laughs> mm. um, is she a pre-existing character? Yes. She's like witch hazel, but sexy? She was from the Little Abner comic book. Oh, well, Christ. Comic, the comic really? strip. And she was a character that had her face censored in the comic because she was described as being so ugly. Oh my god! That the sight of her would drive men insane or like make them lose their. Oh, minds that's right. Because you posted who did the illustration that you and posted then, on Twitter about. Then this? they had a big contest for uh, the um, to for somebody to win who could draw the ugliest Lena. But that's a great Lena contest, Hyena. yeah. Yep, and there were like 5,000 entries or something like that, or 50,000, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Basil Wolverington won, who people might know from his disgusting drawings in um, Mad Magazine back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whenever he was drawing in there. Well, I wonder if there's, there's like Mad an ugly... Magazine after he died. They're the first couple issues of Mad Magazine is just like fucking hideous looking fucking people. I'm assuming that's the guy you're talking about. Kind of like a, it's, if it's a state, if it's got tiny little like not cross hatching, but it's like just one like the dimple, lines. yeah, the 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 stipple, yeah. like yeah, kind of like yeah, like pen and ink uh, shading. That's style. Basil Warrington. He's got a very distinct huh. style. Kind of like a, pre my, a, pre a precursor to like Rat Fink, or like yeah, that, like kind of like seventies indie comics, yeah. My parents actually used to carpool with Basil Warrington's mother to church. Oh, now what did they yeah. they they talk about Roger Rabbit? Why would no. they? Because it's not like. <laughs> Why would they? It's, that was, it was way, way earlier than the. 80s I know exactly. Happened. Yeah, that too. Yeah. No. That's the, how. That is a hell of a bit of. Wow. Okay, Daniel, you're and, a star. And she was a, uh, an absolutely horribly ugly, pockmarked, gummy tooth cracked looking motherfucker she like for and like one of her compared she had like uh, uh nails driven into her gums and like broken glass and like fucking dice and shit yeah and compared to what she looked like in the the, the, the drawing she looks amazing oh, in this <laughs> like That's a gorgeous oh yeah because there's only so much disney is going to be able to do even in a roger rabbit movie but although yeah, she does have pretty she... amusingly floppy tits and everything yeah, she chases him, oh. tries to smooch him, and he runs away into a bathroom that's out of service, which means it's got no floor. But written on the wall is, for a good time, call Allison Wonderland the best is yet to be. I didn't... Is that a reference to something? I... You know what? I remember people making jokes about how Snow White... There's a... For a good time, call Snow White uh, mm, reference. And I must, wonder if maybe, maybe that's something it. in edit that they changed later, because... Uh, for the, yeah, theatrical version, I always thought, yeah, that's what I've heard people talk about. That's why I was kind of surprised watching the film now, you know, in HD, you can see those details a lot better. Yeah, I wonder if that's more of, like, a nonsensical, where it's still a Disney riff, but it's not quite so on point of just, like, hey, I'm Snow White, have sex with me, call this number. Yeah. Uh, it's a little more, yeah, and, uh, yeah, the, the best is yet, wait, so what's the phrasing? The best is yet to be. Oh, because they can't say the best is yet to come. Yeah. I think that's supposed to, but that's kind of the caliber of jokes in this movie where they're kind of tiptoeing towards a double entendre, but two chicken shit to go through with it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're not. So he falls. It's it's been Ned Flanders. Yeah, he fall. Yeah. Where Tweety comes out and says, "Oh boy, pities," and he starts to pick him off. This little pity went to fucking. This little pity went home. I hate Tweety Bird. This He's does not a do character. a lot. If you're already not on the Tweety Bird train, this is. And also, it's also uglier early earlier stage Tweety Bird, so it's even extra kind of like 
fat, weird cheeks and just and just like it's homicidal Tweety Bird. Yeah. I, it's, at least Tweety Bird's kind of funny when Tweety Bird's trying to get Sylvester killed because Sylvester's trying to kill him to eat mm. him. But like, yeah, fucking Tweety Bird's a piece of shit. Also, where's the yep. grandma that's supposed to be taking care of Tweety Bird? Where's she in this situation? Yeah, Not know. that it matters. Uh, fucking Tweety Bird fucks uh, Eddie up by like plucking his fingers, his piggies, his pitties yep. off the, the flagpole, and he keeps falling. Keeps falling when he falls into right alongside Mickey and Bob. <laughs> by fall, I mean he's just like standing on a blue screen stage, going, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> this is one of the things where, like I said, yeah, uh, love Bob Hoskins. He was great as Eddie Valiant, but like his. His physicality is not really selling, like, I'm falling, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. It's all very stiff and stuff. But anyway, he's falling. Nothing really happens. He never meets anyone no. else interesting for the rest of the segment. It's the weirdest thing. It's like they ran out of money. Yeah. Miggy and Bugs are there. And they say he's dangerous doing a parachute jump without a parachute. Yeah. And he asks them if they got a spare, and Bugs does, but yeah, you don't think he wants it. So he wants it. Give it to him. Give it to him. And they give it to him, and he pulls it, and it's a spare tire. Oh, oh, oh. you know what? I'm actually genuinely surprised that's because having a scene with both Mickey and Bugs together in the same scene, it must have been difficult to write. Because like Mickey doesn't have a personality; he doesn't do anything, and yeah. and it was hard. It must have been difficult to come up with a scene where like Bugs is just driving all the action. Uh, and Mickey's just sitting there not doing anything, but at least, actually, Mickey kind of gets the ball rolling. He's the one who suggests, like, hey, you should ask Bugs for the, the, the spare. He kind of sets, he, he, he sets Eddie up to get, to get fucked up in this scene, which is extra, just like, well, fuck you, Mickey Mouse, you motherfucker. But yeah, this yeah. is also one of those things, too, because I guess the, the, the Disney deal with Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers stipulated with both, uh, Donald Duck and Bugs Bunny that they couldn't have any more or less screen time than the equivalent Disney characters that would be on screen. So that's why, I guess, almost down to the second, you have the exact same screen time for both Daffy Duck and Donald Duck during the piano duel. And same thing with Mickey mm -hmm. and Bugs here. They wanted to like perfect quality, so... Gotcha. Yeah. So he lands... Eddie lands in the arms of Lena Hyena, and she kisses him, and he rolls backwards, and then uh, he... Pulls up the center dividing line of the street and puts it into a wall, and she follows it and runs. Well, that's a great, like you know, tunes. that's gets him every time. Her titties gets all smashed on either side of her. There's a, <laughs> which that's great. There's a weird little animation gaff too, where, um, the 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 when the camera pans over to show her smack into the wall, like, uh, the dividing line doesn't move in a way that it kind of makes it look like it's just like it's not in the environment it's like floating on a piece of glass or something like that and it's mm -hmm. i think it's one of those things that if they had time to go back and fix it they would have but yeah it's just not interacting with the ground uh like it should but so, anyway he just has this so, whole thing it just happens to right next to a dark alley yep and he pulls out his tune guns and goes into a random alley Yeah, because he hears something like a commotion going on down in the alley it sounds like uh yeah. jessica a quick a quick shot before the camera pans over of a uh uh, an ad for Porky's All Beef Sausage. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Creepy-ish? Uh, you know, there's a reason why it's all beef. Yep. Yeah. So Jessica says, Valiant! Also, and she's oh, holding yeah. a gun. Eddie's gun also turns yeah. into, it's still the big, goofy gun, but now it's a live-action prop as opposed to animation. Yeah. I guess they ran out of time rotoscoping over that prop gun, and now they're just kind of leaving it, which is kind of yeah. funny to see. He says he'd all, he knew he'd always get it in Toontown, and she says, Behind you! And shoots someone who runs away, 
And uh, she says she just saved his life. And look, that's the gun that killed Maroon. And it would have killed him. And it belongs to Judge Doom. And he's running away yelling, yeah, that's right. It's me all along. You'll never get me. You're both dead. Dead. Woo! I guess this was one of those things where... Uh, d- uh, they didn't think about having uh Christopher Lloyd back. Like I guess Chris, like they had finished filming and Christopher Lloyd had already gone off to do something else, and so uh they had to pull the aside the uh the head ILM uh Industrial Light and Magic's effects guy who was working on this film. They, he was the tallest, lankiest guy they could get for the costume, mm. and they put him in. And yeah, during the commentary, the guy's laughing. He's like, "Oh, this is my big starring role ever in a major, major motion picture. It's it's me <laughs> running away from the camera in the most gooniest way possible, trying to impersonate Christopher Lloyd as a cartoon running down the street and being like, <laughs> which I, that sounds like a fun afternoon, actually. Yeah. Oh, so." They go to her car. Roger isn't in his trunk anymore. Uh, Eddie says he thought he ran away at the studio, but she says that's not what happened. She hit him on the head with a frying pan and threw him in her trunk, so he'd be safe. But Eddie's car is gone, too. It looks like Roger took it because her honey bunny was never very good at driving. Yeah. And But, oh, but yeah, crap. Judge Doom's Here coming come back in his, his, his weasel veal, weasel mobile, well, I guess. She, I think it's just the weasels, but yeah, yeah. She says they'll take Gingerbread Lane and starts to head off in the directions. But he, Eddie says it's not that way. Gingerbread Lane is this way and juts out his thumb, which makes Benny the Cap show up. And they get in him and hubba hubba take off. Jessica says she's known it was Doom since before Acme was killed. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost at the end. This is, this is the climax of the film. Yeah. yeah. And, and he told her Doom wanted to get his hands on Toontown and he gave her his will. Would you think the smarter thing would have been to put in a lockbox or a lawyer or something? Again, but, you know, yeah, the movie just shrugs because it's cartoons, so we just have to do things that keep the plot rolling. Yeah. Yeah, but when she opened it up, it was just a blank piece of paper. So they come out of the tunnel. Again, with a blank piece of boring, paper kind of being the story the bo- thread. Yeah. Yeah, the boring real world where Doom is there and he dumps over dip all over the road, which burns Benny's tires and sends him crashing into a pole. And Godspeed to all the perverts out there who originally did a frame by frame of this scene looking for that one tiny little possible well, shot. It's what it's that got out while the You're movie was still in theater, so presumably someone must have done like, you know, filmed the like had a cam uh, rip essentially of the film. Although, which it must have been way harder to do back then because, you know, now you can just, you know, just use your phone to record a whole movie. But, yeah, back in the day, you had to go back and take your, like, 30-pound camcorder with, like, three extra batteries to tape a whole goddamn movie. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, then I guess, I don't even know how, like, how you would distribute that stuff, but then people caught on that, like, yeah. I wonder, Ugh. I wonder who has that cell. <laughs> I didn't, you know, oh, my God. Because especially, <laughs> it's... Disney pretends it doesn't exist anymore? That is like, that would be like the Ark of the Covenant of movie frame cells, kind of. Oh, yeah. wow, I didn't even think about that. They probably, I mean, they might have just destroyed it, but. You would, I well, I, Disney at this point, I don't know if Disney was in the, I, I should go up and look and see if like Disney, if Roger Rabbit cells are a thing that are even on eBay, then you could probably find out how, it, it, depending on how many of them are, are, are supposed to be actual production cells, then you may be able to figure out like how many may have survived production but yeah this may have been back when disney was still just like whenever they would end a production they would just like you know like just destroy the cells or just like scrape the paint off them just so they could use the uh the cell the the plastic cells of themselves again who knows but yeah but it's not her vagina or anything they just painted a line the same color is that what it is is it it's is it even is it just around it's not even like a slit suggesting 
I mean, it could be like I've... It's, it's two it's two lines, so it could be like her her un, her underwear okay. or whatever. But I can honestly say I've never gotten to really look. I you know I did pause while watching it just to see if I could just just to see how much in HD because you can see so much more in HD now. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm yeah I I think just I think they just painted over. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, so. Yeah, no, it was just they didn't they didn't paint the the middle stripe like red yeah. like the, her dress. Which or supposedly they they did the same thing with Betty Boop at the start of the film too. So mm. not uh, although then again they used the excuse that I guess back in the day during the Fleischer Brothers era, they always the, the Fleischer Brothers always supposedly slipped one nude frame into every Betty Boop cartoon. So that was their, they were just paying well, homage to that tradition. Plus, plus but Betty Boop wasn't for kids. Yeah. And neither is Roger Rabbit. I mean, though. there's at least three different scenes where you get to see the top of uh, Roger Rabbit's cock shaft in this movie, and no one cared it's about true. that, but yeah. No. Well, it's furry, so they were like, eh. <laughs> they were like, that's the third ear. Yeah. So, uh, but the weasels show up, and Doom says to help put them in the car, and they'll enjoy the ribbon-cutting ceremony at Acme Factory. Benny pretends to be knocked out, so he doesn't get grabbed. Yeah. And then later at the factory, the weasels say they checked Eddie, and he doesn't have the will. He just got a love letter. So they'll frisk the woman, and uh, the suave weasel reaches in her titties, and she got a bear trap in there, and it hurts. And Eddie says, leans over and says, "Nice booby trap." <laughs> Which I think that's a line they've changed, like in some like you know VHS edits. For the longest time, it was just like "nice, nice trick trap" or like some kind of like clumsy like. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's. I wonder if it's also badly uh, dubbed in too. So it's always not even Bob Probably. Hoskins. It's it's just like fucking <laughs> Phil Hartman. Nice, mm -hmm. nice breast trap. Or flawless, flawless Phil Hartman. Yeah. So uh, the Shut weasel up, with the bear you. trap on his arm stumbles <laughs> around till the judge hits him into some boxes of full of Acme eyeballs, sending them rolling all over. And, uh, if that will doesn't show up in the next 15 minutes, then Doom... Toontown is Doom's lock, stock, and barrel. Elsewhere, Roger comes out of Toontown and uh, destroyed Eddie's car. I love how Benny fucked up that in. car does, and he does a great stunt where, like, he drives out of the, uh, uh, the, the, the tunnel and does a great spin in the junked-up car, too. I, I feel bad for whoever was, like, dressed up like the car seats. Mm. <laughs> so they could have like an empty car seat that they could put Roger into later who managed to pull off that great stunt without probably presumably without even being able to see what the hell they were driving but yeah Benny gets in because he's gonna drive and him and Roger take <laughs> off the Acme factory yeah I love a car being uh, driven by a cartoon car that's pretty great yeah. yeah the weasels are busting through the Acme wall with Toontown just on the other side all bright and glowy and judge doom says he's going to retire from being a judge go in the private sector he's uh, the sole stockholder of cloverleaf incorporated roger tells eddie to go get the cops once they get to the acme factory yeah, he's going to go save his wife shaking with his the gun he's holding yeah he's uh, so he's now cuz i guess he pulled uh, maroon cartoons golden gun that eddie left in his own car i guess roger yeah. that's one thing roger grabbed from eddie's car before uh, he... Well, no, because he's still driving Eddie's car. That's what he uses to drive out of Toontown. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, he has Maroon's gun. And ben Benny tells him to be careful with it, because this ain't no cartoon. Uh -huh. been... I'm sure that was in the trailers, too. Whoa, whoa, shot, whoa. Yeah. Roger finds a window and tries to open it, but it's locked, but he leans against it and falls into it, into a toilet. Presumably, Judge Doom has now bought Marvin Acme's 
uh, warehouse too, because he's just really just running the joint now. And I guess the only reason yeah. the Toontown uh, stuff is up in the air is because that Will thing. But I guess yeah, he's already I don't, bought up everything. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how I hit the P key instead of the M key. But my next note is Judge Dupe <laughs> has a shit ton of dip. Well, that's the third Judge Brothers. There's Doug, oh, okay. Dupe, and Dupe. Yeah. He's the he's both he's, their twins. He's got a shit ton of dip, which makes Jessica freak the fuck out. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, she get they. Yeah. It's the one thing where they intentionally make her look ugly, not instead of accidentally ugly for the whole goddamn. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Doom's gonna wipe out Toontown off the face of the earth with uh, his high pressure water cannon shooting dip everywhere. Yeah, essentially, he's got just like this giant garbage cement truck thing filled with like five thousand gallons of dip. That he's just yeah. going to roll into Toontown and just wash everything away with. Yeah, but it turns out they all get high from the fumes of the turpentine <laughs> and pass out and die. <laughs> they start seeing things, it turns out no one's really attuned, they're just all having visions, and it just, everybody has this <laughs> no, it's, it's, asphyxiates. It turns out Eddie, <laughs> Eddie and Doom are actually the only ones there, they've been imagining <laughs> the, the whole scenario. Well, exactly, yeah, the time. weasels, and yeah, no, everything's just like, yeah, they've just been highs. This has just been an elaborate roleplay in this one location for the last two hours that just went wildly out of control. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's, Doom's gonna make a freeway from there to San... San Diego, San Francisco. So Pasadena. Demis, Pasadena. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy talk to everybody but him. He's dreaming of strip malls. It's all very cartoonish villain shit. Betty says no one will take the freeway when they can use the the red car for a nickel. And but Doom bought the red car up too, so he could dismantle it. Oh shit. Yeah. And there's a whole thing about it. he talks about how traffic jams will be a thing of the past. And even yeah. as a kid, I was like, I get it. That's a joke. But this is just a lot of. This is just, I know the whole joke is that he, it is, it is funny that he, it's, it's Doom, Doom's loving odd description of what a modern Southern California landscape is like filled with, you know, highways, gas stations, cheap motels, and dingy restaurants. That is funny, but I think the movie thinks it's a little too clever for its own good, where it's not like, ha ha funny, it's more like, right, like, I get that joke. Ha 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 yeah. yeah. So that, but then Roger bursts out of a, a thing in the ground with water spraying everywhere, and he comes bouncing around, pointing his gun at everybody who dares move. And he's like, Dunes ain't stupid. Why will go hit you like a ton of bricks? And then he gets a ton of drip bricks dropped on his head. And he steers, he stars, finally achieving his goal from the start of the movie. I, yeah, I didn't realize that until this viewing. I was like, oh, I get, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Mm hmm. So they grab Roger and Jessica and tie them up with that escape proof tune rope. Oh, did you notice uh, the one thing that totally ruins the end of this movie and makes it completely unenjoyable? I no. hope they got fired for that mistake. Uh, Roger's, in this bit of the movie, Roger's gun is now animated, even though it was from real life before. It was it was Maroon's gun, but now it's a cartoon. Just throwing that out there. I know, I did, nope. that just knocks three Michelin stars off this movie right there. Oh my god. The well, wizard's thanks, key. Bill. Now I can't finish this podcast because I'm so disgusted. <laughs> God damn it. With this fucking movie. I need to go to Robert Zemeckis' house and I just shit believe. in his water supply right now. I can't believe I went all these years and didn't notice that because... <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, I've been watching the movie as we've been talking about it, and I just accidentally paused it on the shot of Roger with the greatest look on his face. Where's my phone? I need to take a photo of this to show you later just because that's crazy. I'm sorry, this is not good podcast material. Then again, our That's podcast true. is not good podcast material. But <laughs> I'm just going to take a snap. So anyway, 
Okay, anyway, there we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they tie Jessica to Roger up with that escape-proof tune rope, <laughs> and they lift them up on a crane. They're going to spray them down with the dip with the high-pressure hose. And uh, Jessica tells Roger he was great, better than Goofy. And let's not get Which crazy, Which that's Jessica. like, what the hell? <laughs> no, I don't want to know what that means. So why would you hire a bunch of tunes to run a giant tune killing machine when they can e that they can easily fall into or get sprayed with? Yeah. Even if they get some splashback that lands on them, it's gonna burn them. You think you would just not have it, like, in the very least. I mean, OSHA would have some problems with this, especially the well, tune yes. equivalent of OSHA. <laughs> there were, I don't think there was OSHA back in this time period. You don't think so? Well, this, maybe no, this is the night that so. <laughs> caused it to become a thing, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, at least the very least, don't have like an open, your 5,000 gallons of uh, dip just be this open reservoir in the back of this moving vehicle, because you're just asking for trouble yeah. at this point. But, yeah, and also the villain driving around a giant truck of the one thing that can kill him. How did yeah. he... So Doom... <laughs> what did he expect was going to happen? Doom slips and falls on the eyeballs. Eddie almost grabs a gun for the weasel, but Doom yells, watch out, you fool! Yeah. They stop him, and... He goes away before he does. He says they're going to end up dying laughing, well, which gives Eddie an idea. And Doom's like holding his eyeball because his fake eyes. Yeah, I guess the idea. Supposedly. Yeah, that's they don't they specifically call it out. But I do. Even as a kid, I like that touch. Uh, yeah, and it's only something you would really notice on a second viewing because you don't, you know, unless you're paying really close attention, you wouldn't know that uh, uh, Doom's already attuned. But like, I just thought it was yeah. cool. So Judge Doom leaves and Eddie turns on a giant kaleidopee machine and starts doing a bunch of pratfalls and flips and singing and it's causing the weasels to laugh a bunch. Yeah. One by one they but, laugh themselves to death. Well, some Ooh. of them do. Some of them do. Yeah. Some of them are just accident prone. And then he gets the line, without that gun I'd have some fun I'd kick you in the nose. Well, is that the end of his routine? Because once he realizes yeah. that just doing the yeah the pratfall, pratfalls, he has to actually start doing stuff. It's not enough just to keep that Wurlitzer machine going, but yeah, this is the like, yeah. thing where he starts... Like his his circus uh, training kicks in and he's he's doing singing and dancing and he's like juggling. He does a um, a thing where like yeah he t he twirls he does little uh little twinkle toes things on on a broomstick and does all the stuff and he's yeah singing the but yeah he ends up with you think he's gonna say balls and he doesn't and then he yeah yeah it's a whole kicks him in yeah. kicks him in the balls and he sends him right into the dip and one of the weasels uh flails and turns the dip machine on before dying and eddie's gonna turn it off but doom comes flying out of some area and knocks it eddie away and turns it back on so it's heading towards roger and jessica and judge doom comes down to where eddie is pulls out a sword and eddie pulls out a sword and it's a singing sword it's frank sinatra it's funny i remember right? as a kid i didn't realize that was young frank sinatra because i knew who frank sinatra was but i only knew as an old man Mm -hmm. and it never occurred to me that he like he was like ever young or considered attractive. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is definitely even though like, we've done a movie with a young Frank Sinatra. Yeah, and he was not necessarily all that attractive. He was just kind of greasy and no. not interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then he throws that away, and Eddie grabs a magnet to pull Doom closer to him. That seems like a bad plan, Eddie. Yeah, especially realizes... the only thing that's going to get drawn closer to him is that goddamn sword, which is yeah. that's the bad thing that he should be putting yeah. more distance between himself and yeah. So, so Eddie flips it around, and it sucks him to a barrel, and the magnet turns backwards, and Doom tells him don't move, and comes back with a giant steamroller that he had in the wings, <laughs> just for this occasion. 
Yep, and Eddie grabs the Acme black hole and makes a hole in the magnet to escape it. And then it never fight. doesn't make. If you really slow down, and see what's going on. It's Eddie takes the portable hole, snaps it, and then suddenly he's on top of the the steamroller. Which I don't know. I mean, I'd like. I, it's one. I'd like if you saw him like put it up on the on the roller. The roller might make sense. I just it's just even the movie is kind of getting yeah, very hand wavy about he, how he this stuff it, works. He put it on the on the magnet and made a hole in the magnet. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, I didn't yeah. notice that. Okay. Yeah. So he's able to escape it, and mm. then uh, oh, him... I see that. Okay, that makes okay. That does make sense. Yeah. So then Doom punches uh, him and Eddie get in a fight, and Eddie grabs a big thing of glue, and Doom punches into it and gets glue on his fist. Yeah, and somehow and then... the steamroller, which just moments ago had been traveling the other direction, has now turned around by itself, and is coming back yeah. towards Doom and Eddie as they're fighting. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Eddie lifts up the... the big thing of glue, so yeah, so Judge Doom punches into it. He gets his fist covered with glue, takes another swing at Eddie, gets his fist stuck on the steamroller, uh, mm, takes a step in backwards, the glue that's steps on the in ground the glue. now. Yeah. And, it, and, uh, and, uh, and it's rolled over by the steamrollers. Eddie turns off the dip machine, which if you stop watching right here, it's a super, super graphic death. It is, because it's... Uh, I guess it's a combination of um, Christopher Lloyd uh, being half stuck into the floor and like his lower half is just a puppet and cross between that and b- there just being a whole uh, Christopher Lloyd puppet that is screaming and squirming as he's slowly <laughs> yeah. crushed to death. Yep, flailing about. This, I'm assuming this has to be a PG-13 film just for this moment right here, because it is. It, it gets drawn out for a bit. He is. He is really legitimately sque- screaming. It's not like he's like. Yeah. He's put like Judge Doom is just like putting on a performance. Like he does. He seems to be in genuine pain. Yeah, and holy smokes, he's a tune. Yeah. And he says, "Surprise! Not really. That lame brain freeway idea could only be cooked up by a tune. Yeah. Not just any tune. <laughs> this, so. this to me is the creepiest moment of the movie. Like the shoe thing yeah. is pretty fucked up, but like something about how he pops up as a stop motion, uh, puppet, and there's like this super creepy, spooky, like, uh, music with that's just like got like this low bass and like wind chimes and stuff like that. That really sounds like." Like, especially watching this for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I did not expect this. And then you realize, oh, he's a tune. It's like, oh, shit, that's fucked up and creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah, he uses an oxygen tank to inflate himself back up, popping his eyeballs out. (laughs) These are some of the weakest effects in the movie, because it's just like, they just have like a a Christopher Lloyd-shaped balloon that slowly kind of half inflates. And I think they realized that it was never going to look very good, so they cut away from it as, as quickly as possible. Yep, and he turns around and says, Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I talk, yes, yike, woo! Yeah, because his eyeballs have popped out to turn red, and they literally turn into daggers, and it's all like, God damn, man, that's... Uses jumps with springs on the bottom of his feet towards Eddie. I mean, he's he's... really being hauled by cables with springs loosely dangling from his feet. Again, uh, like, this this stage production unit has been stretched so far that not everything is gonna look fantastic, but you get the gist. He's bouncing around and stuff. Doom starts beating Eddie up, making his hands into various weapons like anvils and saws and all kinds of stuff. When it turns into the buzzsaw and they use a fan to kind of blow away uh, both Eddie's tie and Judge Doom's cloak, I thought that was really effective, because that really sells, yeah. like, the whirring of the blades. Yeah, and he, he uses his giant saw blade coming closer and closer to Eddie, who rolls out of the way and grabs the mallet, 
from earlier aiming it at Doom, but he misses Doom, but he turns on the dip machine's big exit valve <laughs> big, thing. Big nozzle. <laughs> yeah, that sends all the turpentine screaming towards Dip. Like 5,000, yeah, d d towards Dip. Uh, yeah, Boom. all yeah. I guess this this just yeah just manages to drain whatever fi of the 5,000 gallons left in that thing. Just just hits Judge Doom full bore, full blast, knocks him off his feet, mm -hmm. and just cr essentially turns the entire warehouse into a green lake of bullshit. It just looks nasty, yeah. and it's all yellow and frothy, and just like yeah. again, everyone Doom. who's not dying from the dip should be at least passing out from the fumes. But holy shit, yeah. yeah. Judge Doom melts, yelling that he is doing so as he does. <laughs> on for a while i i always yeah. misremember this is also including a what a world what a world wicked witch gag but i think this is yeah. one of the few films ever made since the wizard of oz not to make that reference but yeah yeah eddie runs over and moves jessica and roger out of the way of the of the machine with a crane oh yeah he bursts, yeah he moves the whole like yeah whereas the machine bursts through the wall in the toontown where it's hit by a train and then fuck that uh, machine the, the floor is covered with dip, so Eddie turns on some water valves, dumping water on the floor and cleaning up all the dip, causing thousands of gallons of turpentine to go into the sewers. That'll be good for everyone in the environment. Just We're the already. beginning of the poisoning of the San Fernando Valley, pretty much. Yeah. Or is yeah. that... So... That's north... Uh, whatever. The L.A. Valley, yeah, where the fuck it is, yeah. Uh, Eddie lowers Roger and Jessica. She dotes on... She dotes on Roger, calling him her hero and all that Doll. shit. And then Benny arrives with the cops, and uh, the tune and various tunes come in from the Toontown and the act into the Acme room, and they all look at Doom's melted body, and they're like, "Yep, he did it. He killed everybody." And the cops are like, "Good enough for me." I, it is kind of gruesome because you do see it's 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 Judge Doom's rubber body with like red paint leaking out of the eyeballs, and it looks yeah. a little gruesome, but. Yeah, I do love how everyone's just like, well, he must be the only murderous tune that ever really lived. I wonder who he was. And mm -hmm. that's the as much thought as anyone puts into who or what the fuck Judge Doom was. Which yeah, in and of itself fine. is kind of creepy. Like, yeah, but yeah. well, that's the, you just need to get to the happy ending. The plot's over, so you need to get out of this as soon as humanly and possible. All the tunes come in for one last huge cameo, but yeah. hey, that ink from earlier in the movie on his back—the disappear and reappearing ink on Eddie's shirt. So Eddie realizes <laughs> the ink only reappears gives... when it's plot convenient. Yeah, yeah. Eddie gives Roger the love note and tells him to read it again, but the ink starts coming back, and it's the will. Oh hey, no! Ass... <laughs> hey asshole, it's probably like two minutes till midnight. This would have worked out really bad for you if it hadn't been discovered at this exact moment. Yeah. Hey, so, Maroons, Inc. It, hey, oh. he leaves Toontown to the tunes. Everybody is mildly happy. Hooray. Everyone's swaying back and forth and singing. And Yep. Roger shakes Eddie's hand with a, with a joy buzzer when he says, Yo, I hope you're going to lose your sense of humor already. And There's no what to say to this question moment. And kisses him. He's got a sense of humor again. Yay. This, According to the commentary, they say this is a moment that they didn't add until, uh, well, they, they, they were editing the film and they were pretty much almost like, on the release date, they realized there has to be an extra button for Eddie and, and uh, uh, Roger at the end. Because they just felt mm. like there had to be one more thing before the happy uh, ending kicks in. And so they were like, okay, well, let's let, let's show that, like, Eddie's finally got his sense of humor back permanently. So we need to, like, that's when they decided to do the whole little kiss thing. And, yeah. but Eddie is so angry in the moments before that. It's almost like, I was like, is, like... 
I almost feel like a kid who's like the victim of an abusive father or something for a moment because I'm like, is he gonna hit Roger? Like, we're, like yeah. what's going on? Because he's that sourpuss about this. But no, he picks him up and he kisses him, and even Roger's all gay panic. Nah, 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 I don't want to kiss. That <laughs> or that. But that's that's the so, happy ending, and then so, everyone starts. So singing. Jessica says they can go home. She'll bake him a carrot cake. Oh. They'll sing "Smile, Darn Your Smile," and the tune police move people. Is that along. an old song? And I don't know. Yeah, and I've only Pig's heard it there. in this context yeah, of this movie. Pork Porky Pig of Porky's All Beef Sausages is there and says, <laughs> that's all, folks. Move along. Oh, hey, that sounds pretty good. That's all, folks. And then Tinkerbell flies in and winks everybody out of existence and they all die. <laughs> that's, she closes this universal, this fictional universal pocket and none of these characters exist anymore. Yeah, uh, I still like it, but I, it's chunky. That ending, I do like, actually, yeah, I know it's a Disney movie, but actually having, which is, that's kind of flashing forward, because, well, that's actually a good point, Tinkerbell wouldn't even exist for another 20 years after, or at least, no, wait, 10 years after this. Um, but mm. yeah, that's, if you're, it's a Disney movie, if you're going to end it, I do like how Disney managed to get the last word in there, but, and then again, that's Mel Blanc, presumably, uh, I'm assuming that's his last performance as Porky Pig, and that's him saying, that's all, folks, and if that's the last thing he ever said as a Looney Tunes character, that's... That's the perfect time and place to do it, I guess. That's that's hmm. That's kind of depressing yeah. to think about. But yeah, Roger Rabbit, it's good, but like I said at the beginning, it's kind of somehow less than the sum of its parts. It's entertaining, but it's not like, yeah. And the funny thing is, the only reason I got to thinking about this movie too, aside from being its thirtieth uh, anniversary, is too is just uh, I was just uh, Ready Player One just came out on video, and I was watching that and. It's funny to think that's the other Spielberg pop culture mashup that's scored by Alan Silvestri that's people will say will never be done again because it's such a big corporate miracle that Spielberg pulled off. And so it was interesting just to go back and kind of see like the first version of Ready Player One, but it was the animated Ready, Ready Player One. And this is definitely a better movie than Ready Player One. But yeah, I'm glad you didn't yeah. object too much to going back and revisiting this thing. Nah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of trivia for the movie, uh, as I mentioned before, Spielberg's only real input in the movie was pretty much just limiting, uh, to, li limited to throwing his weight around to get almost every cartoon company involved in the project. Uh, aside from the copyright holders for Popeye, Tom and Jerry, and Casper, who all refused to budge, uh, they asked for an astronomical payout for their characters. What the fuck were they doing with those characters? Popeye, that time? It was one of those things where you, like you don't even realize those characters aren't in there until someone has to point it out at the end. That's yeah, exactly. I can see Popeye, but Tom and Jerry and Casper, yeah, fuck them. They fucked. Yeah, Jesus. Casper. Casper. Fucking, fucking Harvey Comics. Fuck. Like I can. There's there's something to be said for telling Disney to fuck off. But at the same time, you, you the man they missed the boat. And like I said before, he also demanded there would be at least one scene where the lead human character and the lead uh, cartoon character just sit and have a heart-to-heart, -heart, which turned into the theater balcony scene that I mentioned earlier. Um, uh, Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford to play Eddie Valiance, but Ford wanted too much money. Uh, mm. Bill Murray was their second choice, but he couldn't be reached in time. I've heard that trivia so often where I guess Bill Murray just doesn't have like a traditional agent where he could just call them up and say, hey, Bill... Does Bill Murray, uh, Bill Murray want to be part of this movie? Like, you really have to, like, figure out his home phone number and show up on his doorstep with a script, otherwise he'll just completely ignore you. And I guess yeah. since then, Bill Murray's been very, like, I really fucked up. I w really would have killed to have been a part of that movie, uh, which mm. is kind of a bummer. But um, that would be an entirely different movie, though, without Bob Hoskins, though, regardless of who they would have cast. That's the thing. I yeah. Like, even though I can slag about 
this movie being a little lopsided. If if it wasn't Bob Hoskins, though, it would have definitely changed the the, the tra trajectory of this film. I don't know if it would have been better or worse, but. Uh, anyway, the other people considered for the role of Eddie Valiant were Chevy Chase, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Wallace Shawn, <laughs> of which that I would have loved to have seen a version of, of this with Robert fucking Shawn in it. Uh, Ed Harris. Wallace, you mean? What's up? You said Robert Shawn. Robert Shawn? I think you mean Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn. I've been talking for two hours now. Me, me CPs. That's true. <laughs> Wally Shaw, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw quit from Jaws. That would have been amazing. Uh, Ed Harris, which that would have been cool. Uh, and Charles mm. Grodin. Huh. <laughs> which, uh, now that I think of Charles Grodin, all I can think about is your impression of him breathing down <laughs> uh, his sister's neck in The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Um, and folks considered for the role of Judge Doom were John Cleese, Roddy McDowell, and Sting. Hmm. Uh, the, the thing that kills me here, it's... Tim Curry had auditioned for the role, but like so many other things in his life, he was considered too scary, and so he was turned down. <laughs> oh, man. Which... Yeah, I mean, it's not that we need Tim Curry in every movie ever made, but shit, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. That would have been... Tim Curry in his prime, like, trying to kill cartoon characters would have just been... Yeah, I mean, I love... Christopher Lloyd's great in this role, but... Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... That is Who from a Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so... Hell of a 150th episode. The celebration is winding down. The paper streamers are falling off the walls. All the guests have gone home tired and angry that we wouldn't stop sooner. Well, they, uh, we were tardy, so yeah. we were just This over. is Yeah, we made the party oh, should... but for our tardy. Oh, God, we've been talking for we... two and a half hours. We should also... I should also... Uh, just because it's it's horrifying and uh, just the worst thing mm -hmm. ever. Uh, I'm going to send you a quick image. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it before, but the fucking... Come on in, computer. The fucking... In Disneyland. Yeah. The, I'm assuming it's Disneyland. Oh, is it like live uh, characters walking around? Yeah. Is it like Bad Jessica? Oh, oh, sweet child. Oh <laughs> no, they. Of course, they have. No. She looks awful. It looks terrible. This looks. This, this looks has like got to be like yeah. Suit. I wonder if like this is t Japanese. Like Tokyo Disney Sea because it can't be. It can't be a real thing. I don't know. <sighs> I mean. Why can't you just get a per? A li <sighs> oh. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, that was Roger Rabbit. Oh. I'm glad to leave Bill with something that's gonna give him. For people who don't know, they can't see this because a picture makes from terrible podcast material. <laughs> it's someone in a skin suit. It's totally mm -hmm. like Buffalo Bob Silence of the Lambs. Of it's, I uh, you know what? I wonder if there's even actually a woman in there because at that point that suit's so big and bulky it doesn't even matter if what what the gender is because it's not like they made her tits super big uh, too. That is yeah. not, and I could see why some people going to Disneyland might object to just a half naked lady dressed in a in a, in a lounge singer suit with giant human tits, uh, walking yeah. around. But yeah, no, at that point either you go with a live human being or also, just don't do it at all. 
Also, I paused the movie at some point and got this screen capture, and it looks like Eddie's looking at uh, Jessica like she just farted. I, don't know why, but <laughs> I was screen capping earlier today, and I found a couple good ones. <laughs> this is it's Eddie and uh, Jessica in Toontown, uh, right before they drive. It's right before uh, Judge Doom. some cheese. Yeah, it's right before Judge Doom's truck shows up to chase them back into the real it'll, world. And it'll probably be the, the image. Eddie looks like. high as shit. <laughs> But anyway, he's muttered on Twitter. I'm the grumpy turtle on Twitter. Tardy podcast on Twitter. Tardy podcast on Facebook. Tardypodcast.com. All the places. All the things. Share us around. 150 episodes. Holy shit. 150 of these dumb things. That's like 300 hours minimum of us talking. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Yeah, that's a lot of hoof doofa. Hoof doofa. Do you know what you're going to do next? Not really. That's in keeping with the podcast. I'm leaning towards. Unbreakable, but oh wow, okay, that might change. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm not married to that. We'll see because it's Shyamalan. That could be terrible. I don't know. You could also wait. Like if you I've wait heard a couple good months. About Shyamalan. Well, I, if you if you want to wait until like next summer, that's when this the one of the sequels is supposed to be coming out to that too. Yeah, we're not. That's up to you. Not sure. that, that we have we'll, to we'll wait, see. but yeah. Yeah, but the next time it will be something because hell, we did 150 of these things. We might as well do a couple more. I think after 150, we're like allowed just to talk about anything we want. Though we can we can officially abandon our our thing if it's, we want to because we're putting the time. Kind of what kind of what we did with Roger Rabbit this week. Yeah, that's my fault. Like I said, the two things I really wanted. Oh, to... Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, it's a it's a celebration. Yeah. Treat yourself. Yeah, that's that's Treat what we did this episode. And yeah. even though I spent half the time dogging on it, I still think Roger Rabbit is a technical marvel. Yep, it's, a, it's it's fun. Yeah, and you know, else, it's fun. my sexuality has been from forever de- uh, dented by sexy pancake Bob Hoskins and skin suit Jessica <laughs> and, Rabbit and hairy fursuit Bob Hopkins. <laughs> you know what? Some little girl out there probably saw that and was like, hmm, "Now I just that looks yeah, that's I I just need a, a man or, who looks like a five foot tall hairy bear to fuck me now because I saw Roger Rabbit at the wrong boy. stage in life." Oh, well, I or guess it doesn't have to be a little girl. Though. It could be a little boy too. Yeah. Who knows what the fuck? Yeah, everybody can love bears. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. When talking about him about a bear, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> anyway, the sun is setting outside. I think that means it's time for us to go yeah. into Tune Town and get tuned. Maybe we'll dabble in watercolors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a witty retort. There is none. Uh, I feel <laughs> like one true. of the writers in the movie where I'll just like say a lazy double entendre, and that'll be the kind of the joke. Is that a rabbit in your pocket, or you just uh, div dipsy doodle? Eggs. Thanks, Bill. Until next time, keep filling your holes with pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, guys. Oh man, I love our podcasts, especially when we have to watch. Like, you got a baby cry and stuff. Like, like, like. Well, this was two and a half hours long, but like, you could totally hear the wheels creaking as they're falling off as we're racing to the finish line. Well, the podcast is on fire and about to explode. Oh my god. Okay, and, and we, we move along. There's nothing else to see. And that's all, folks. I like the sound of that. That's all, folks.